Hey everybody, it's Andy here from The Story of the Brain. I just needed to preface this episode with a production note. When all four of us sat down to record this episode, unfortunately Jeremy Jones's channel did not record whatsoever. So while the three of us, myself included, um, there are three other hosts on the show that you can hear perfectly Jeremy's audio did not record so what we've done is a little bit of a reconstruction and we have used the bleed over on the other three mics to hopefully get Jeremy to an audible level he is audible throughout the episode it's just not the quality that I know I strive for but it is audible and I think it's listenable to uh, other people. I'm just probably being very hard on myself. With that said, I do apologize profusely. I'm a little mortified to do this, but uh, I apologize. I apologize to Jeremy for this happening. Um, but yeah, if if it's too unbearable for you, join us on episode 93, I guess. But I think you guys are going to enjoy this episode. It was a lot of fun to record and I'd hate to scrap it. And re-recording it probably won't capture the same magic, so we decided to go ahead and release it. That's my note. Love you. Good luck. Hello, and welcome to episode 92 of the Destroy the Brain podcast. I'm Andy Triefenbach. I'm Niles Maddox. Patrick Ortkin. Jeremy Jones. And today we will be talking about the brand new film that is out in theaters starting today, if you're listening to this um, on Friday when it comes out. Talk to me. This is the new film from A24, and it is the feature film debut of filmmakers Michael and Danny Filippo. I, I assume is how you pronounce it. They're also known as Raka Raka from YouTube. Um, <clears throat> when I heard their names, uh, originally I was like, who, who is this? And then I noticed in the press releases, they started putting in Raka Raka. And I'm like, Oh, okay. I know these dudes. What's interesting is I think most of you guys, well, Patrick got a little lesson, but oh. Niles or Jeremy, you guys don't have much history on like you still didn't know who the hell that was right no when I say Raka Raka Waka Waka yeah. <laughs> Waka Waka yeah. um, anyway so we will kind of get into a little bit of their history as a wrap up we will have a spoiler zone so if for whatever reason you are listening to this episode and you don't want the film spoiled for you we will give you very fair warning you'll have even an audio cue that will play uh that will tell you oh is that gonna say i let you in is that gonna be oh oh that's good that's good that's good spoiler no no i like that (laughs) not really it's not no it's not it's in the trailer it's not even from the movie that's just from like when we were all hanging out the other night right yeah yeah Yeah. stiff as a board Lies of oh, feathers. Yeah. Stiff as a board. I let you in. <laughs> Bloody Mary. Candyman. I got the pan- candy planchette upstairs. Anyway, uh, yeah, sorry it's been a minute uh, since we've had an- another podcast. You know, shit happens. We're back. Um, we already have episode 93, kind of. Don't overpromise. Yeah. What are you saying? Kind of planned. We'll, we'll be there. Maybe eventually. <laughs> we'll be there. Maybe 2024 is the year we actually get 100 episodes. Yeah. 
Mm. I mean, no, we can do it. Twenty twenty-five. We can do it. Can't have too much of a good thing, right? Yeah. Anyway, (laughs) if you're new to this shit, I mean podcast, um, welcome. We do things in St. Louis. (laughs) Jesus, we like the spook. You know, I'll be honest. Usually, I'm like, oh, come to destroythebrain.com, but. The content is kind of lacking. So if you're in the St. Louis area, um, definitely come out to our events. We do Late Night Grindhouse, and we do Horror Trivia. Anyway. All right. So uh, you can follow us on the Twitters. How about Twitter? Why are we starting with Twitter? I don't know. I think it's just I'm used to it. It's It's DTB uh, horror, if you dare. I left Twitter myself. I think a lot of people did. I got logged out. I already said this, but I got logged out, and I'm so happy. Yeah, I'm on Truth Social now. No. (laughs) Threads. I actually haven't started a thread. Don't. Yeah, I don't do it. I don't don't want to. Like the trailer. It's it's so hard to add another social media account. It's like, do I need another thing to keep up with no so follow us on instagram i guess meta's not much better right but uh Mm. instagram at destroy the brain or uh yeah where else facebook i guess this is fucked same people god damn it yeah you know what here's a better thing go to support.destroythebrain.com and you can find all the social medias you want there you You can also sign up for a newsletter which in this Discord. social, our social media nightmare known as, uh, you know, everything that I just mentioned, um, newsletters are probably going to become more important to make sure you get this info that we're putting out because all the algorithms are kind of hiding a lot of shit. So yes. sign up for the newsletter. The best option, I think the best option is our Discord. And you can go to discord.destroythebrain.com join our community i will say that it is st louis oriented but feel free to jump in um and talk amongst yourselves we talk about what we've been watching we have pet pictures halloween hunting season has uh, started so we'll start sharing collections again discord.destroythebrain.com before we get into our main topic which is talk to me we're going to talk about a couple movies we picked two films each to talk about Niles. Oh shit! Okay, I'll start. Or do you want Jeremy to start? No. I'll start. Okay. <laughs> so all right, all right, Niles, go ahead. So uh, the first film that I watched, and I hadn't seen since actually it came out. I saw it. I think I actually went on a date with some, I don't know, some girl. Anyways, it was like freshman year, 1998. Uh, as the movie is Fallen, directed by Gregory Hoblet. Um, stars Denzel. Uh, there's also John Goodman, Don Sutherland. Um, the cool thing is, it actually has uh, Gandolfini, uh, and his sister from uh, Sopranos is also in it as a really? det- yeah. She's in the. She's not like a big character, yeah. but she has like two lines, and so it's weird. At one moment, they're standing next to each other. So you have Tony Soprano and his sister <laughs> just like standing there, like oh, that's an that's an interesting and casting. Jones. And because I'm pretty sure Sopranos started like that year. Yeah, so like that's just interesting. Anyways, so Fallen is I would consider it more of a thriller, but it does have those elements of like supernatural possession, that kind of vibe. What's it about? So it's it actually starts off with an execution of a known serial killer, um, and 
during the execution he basically curses the room and uh his spirit ends up bouncing into the body of an individual and then he <laughs> how do i know it's a 90s movie without telling me it's a 90s right? movie <laughs> no but and so that's that's the shtick so basically this this evil entity can pass from one person to another and he's toying with the detective Denzel Washington's character the entire movie to be like you basically you tried to get me but you can never get me because i can just pass through bodies and continue doing that Shocker, just a little, little a shocker, little a little child's play, a little bit, yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, Jason goes to hell. Yeah, I'm Ghost in the Machine. It, yeah, it's not the best, uh, and especially for the cast, I thought it would be. I mean, not to say that nobody's, you know, John Goodman and Donald Sutherland aren't taking paychecks whenever they could in the late '90s, but everybody's got to eat. Everybody's got to eat. But I will say that it's definitely worth a watch. Um, I when I was explaining the movie to Patrick earlier, I said kind of give me the, the you know the late '90s Mothman Seven that kind of vibe, just like the dark. Uh, you know, slow burn kind of a yeah, just very very late nineties vibe for I that. Watched it when it came out on video, but I don't yeah I not seen it. Since. It's yeah, I'd say it's definitely worth a watch. I would probably watch it during the day. I don't think it's a you know action packed. No, there's well, we were talking about it outside, and I always kind of considered. I I think it's a good film. In fact, I don't know if I own it or not, but I would like to. Um, Uh, I've always made it like an adjacent cousin to seven just because of the overall look of that film. Mm. Um, I think it's a really good kind of supernatural type film. Um, I mean, it's no mimic or relic, but (laughs) no, but you know, what's interesting. Look, those are other movies in that vein, I feel like, as well. uh, I think the genre takes interesting turns in the late 90s. And but but also, like, I'm just saying the tone of it. It's all like nighttime, dark. I can't remember if he rented the relic or mimic. (laughs) Nighttime (laughs) investigation type stuff. Yeah, detectives. There's, I don't know. It's just, yeah, like, I think Andy said, it's like everything since seven. I think seven opened this gateway to like this dark thriller. Well, it, it kind of visually, I think a lot of people started copying Fincher and like, oh, you're doing, you know, a procedural thriller with mm. possible supernatural elements yeah. or or in this case, it's supernatural elements, right? It's like possession mm-hmm. in an odd way, in an odd sense, yeah. mm-hmm. all tied together with a Rolling Stone song uh, as the indicator. The time is on my side. <laughs> yeah, nice. yeah, that's good. Which I think is played out really well in that film. Yeah, when they're I, like passing bodies and like he, they just continuously yeah. sing, sing the same song and it's just like freaking him out. No, it's a good time. But I think after seven, if you were doing a moody thriller, yeah, it just go. started moody thriller. It just started looking like Fincher's Rainy Town, Seattle. Yes. Yeah. Even though it's not Seattle, but right. it's supposed to be New yeah. York City. But yeah. um yeah, no, I think it's a solid movie. I would highly recommend it. What about Wait, how did you see it though? Oh, I remember. Was it another one of that era? Yeah. yeah. Stigmata. That is not great. It's not. I never got that one. How did you watch Fallen? Oh, I actually, so, yeah, I couldn't find it streaming. I actually just, honestly, I just bought the DVD. It was super cheap on Amazon. I think it was like under 10 bucks. So I was just like, meh, I'll check it out. All right. I do things like that randomly. 
Well, and what I will mention is if these films are streaming, we will have links in the show notes to the Just Watch pages for these films. So again, if you are looking for it to stream, if you don't have it on DVD or Blu-ray or physical media by any means, hopefully we can provide you a streaming link. Otherwise, uh, I think most of the time you can find the digital rental. It's um, supposedly it's actually streaming right now on 2B with ads. There you go. Almost everything is streaming if it's a studio. So you would assume so, but I mean, I've had to purchase some movies to to watch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. kind of fucked up. It's well, anyway, Patrick, what's your first one? Well, uh, since Alan Arkin sadly passed away recently, um, I decided to revisit the return of Captain Invincible. Oh. <laughs> It's I uh, Severin put that out. They did. So uh I I don't really I'm pretty selective with like Severin stuff yeah. and you know. Yeah. Like I, I gotta make sure it's a movie I'm really interested in that I'm really gonna gonna watch and I saw this was on the sale. So okay. I I bought it. And I I'd seen it years ago when it was like on that standard D V D and back then, like I remember I guess I wasn't quite in the mood for it because I, I was like, man, this is like even sillier than I thought it would be because <laughs> it's basically like a satirical superhero movie. It's it's so bizarre. There's musical numbers in it, but after over the past few years, like I've watched like some of the clips on youtube and stuff and like man there are some funny bits to this movie like there's the i don't know if you guys have ever seen that clip with the president and he's saying bullshit bullshit oh, yeah, bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> bullshit bullshit but yeah like rewatching it i was like no this is this is pretty cool movie i mean it's really wacky but alan arkin and Christopher Lee isn't it? He's a plays the villain, and they they both sing in it. <laughs> and what's uh, so like? What's the plot? So he he's basically this uh, burnt out superhero, and there's this villain, like this arch nemesis played by Christopher Lee, okay, who returns, and like the government is trying to get Captain Invincible back on his feet. Not saying you know. Alcoholism is not funny, but Alan Arkin Alan Arkin is very funny <laughs> when he's drunk in the movie. Okay, <laughs> yeah, movie yeah, drunk. Movie exactly, drunk. exactly. So like, you know, he's you first meet him and he's like singing and stumbling and on the streets and stuff. It's just it's so goofy, but uh, the songs are really good. Uh, it's the music by Richard O'Brien who did oh. Rocky Horror. And Holy shit. Yeah, wow. yeah. Okay. So did not know that. who I always thought had a pretty cool singing voice because he actually, he does the theme song for the movie too. Oh, so he's okay. actually singing. But yeah, it's it's a fun movie. Just know what to expect. It's extremely tongue-in-cheek uh, from the director of The Howling 2 and 3. <laughs> and <laughs> Yeah. In Communion. Uh, what it's uh, is it Philip Mora? Yeah, right. Philip Mora. 
Wait, he but, also did the like Christopher Walken like, communion, like the, yeah, the, yeah. the alien, alien movie. movie. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. Whoa, that's a very yeah. serious movie. That's interesting. I know, I know. Okay, but yeah, it's it's. So is it how much uh, ratio wise? How much musical is it to? I mean, it, it's not as much as Rocky Horror. Like okay. it, it's just like a few sparse moments throughout the just movie. Every once in a while, they break into a song. Exactly, okay. and cool. the songs are good. But okay. there is um. Um, I mean, it, it's an Australian production too, which is interesting. A, a large chunk of it takes place in Sydney, okay. and like, there's a funny moment where <laughs> he's basically recovering, and he's like, "Where am I? Am I in Brooklyn? What is this?" And you see like the Sydney Opera House behind him, and you like the person he's with is like, "No, no, no, we're we're in Sydney." And he's looking around. He's like, oh, "I thought it was just the booze." It's, <laughs> and you, you know that's interesting because I mean, I always think of the anti-hero as such a modern concept. But I mean, that's, yeah. I mean, you know, you think of for me, it's always like, "Well, Watchmen yeah. is the comic that changed like making superheroes real human." You know, like, right? With failures. When did this movie come out? Eighty three. Okay. Yeah. So it's like but, around that. Yeah. Okay. But well, yeah. Yeah, but I'm just saying, like yeah. that's that's the that concept of maybe the the post Reagan era, yeah. like brought in the like. Oh no, that was yeah, that was during. Oh, okay, so that's how effective he was. Yeah, like, yeah, he just kind of ruined the idea of a superhero. <laughs> Damn, but I he did a lot. If you, I would say, if you like Rocky Horror, or even even if you like Shock Treatment, give it a watch. Okay. It's fun. It's uh, just. Awesome. It's very goofy, so just <laughs> know what you're getting into. Yeah. Cool. All right, Jeremy. I'm actually going to go back about a month because this came up in a conversation last night. I watched um, Sick on Peacock. The, the f- yeah, yeah. Slasher film that's set during the early days of COVID where oh. main character... And a friend go to like her parents' cabin. That is like the spare. Yeah, you know, I saw it's the. Like, sh- it's like there. I saw the trailer for this. I actually didn't watch it though. Yeah. According to Letterbox, you have watched it. Did I watch oh, this? Yeah. Oh shit! Uh, On the it spot. Sounds familiar. Sounds yeah. familiar so for Niles. So, early days, you have the overly cautious friend who's like you know the main character who's just an asshole. Oh, I thought this was solid. Yeah. yeah. No, this was um, solid. Okay, cool. Uh, cool, cool, cool. Uh-huh. You're good. I was on a. Um, it was when I had all this dental work done and I watched it but I did not know it was directed by John Himes who did the Universal Soldier last two ones Regeneration no have you seen no. that one it's so, so in- fucking good oh and intense like um, I know that sounds funny but <laughs> it does sound funny I have Day of Reckoning that's the yeah that's the last one right um. Yeah, I think so. That's the one you need to see. Truly, okay. it is so good. Okay. Um. You know, they get to the ca- they get to this house no one's using, and they're like, "Oh, we're gonna party!" And your friends, you know, the stiff, the nerd, like, "I thought we were gonna quarantine." And right, her ex shows up, and then somebody is stalking them, and it has the best like chase sequences in a slasher I've seen in years. I mean Okay. And the ones in the last two screen movies, which I like both of those. Um 
You liked the newest one? You liked that Judgment Night setup in Scream 6? <laughs> <laughs> I did. You I know did it's like true. Scream 6, um, Scream actually, 6 is all right. That's funny. Well, so I have heard nothing but bad things about this movie. It's so. okay. But I've not seen it. But I, lo- I love Five. Five was I fantastic. Ended up watching, I, like five. I ended up watching Scream 6 twice in the same weekend. Okay. Because... Um, and I only just want to mention because I want to kind of get back to sick. Mm-hmm. Um, sorry. No, the, no, no, no. It's okay. It, it is hand in hand because Kevin Williamson wrote Sick, and I watched. I did a double feature with Scream Six. Gotcha. And oh, okay. Okay. So that was on a Friday, and then I will. I did watch this during the day, which I would not do because some of the scenes are so fucking dark. Mm. I couldn't like. You didn't get the vibe. I've got a window right. Like across from my TV, sure. Son, and it was, I was on pain meds, so I had to watch shit early because I don't know when I'm gonna <laughs> right pass out. <laughs> right, right, right. Um, and uh, watch Scream Six because I was like, okay, that's on. And then the next day, I get a call. It was um, my nephew on my sister's phone, and he asked, he's ten years old, and he's like, will you come over and watch Scream Six with me on Sunday? Oh fuck yeah. And I said, best double feature ever. Watch. <laughs> no, but I. So that's why I went over Sunday and watched it with him and one of the other nephews, which is dream come true territory. Yeah, that's rad. Um, yeah, cool. And I actually noticed a lot more in Scream Six that made me appreciate it. Oh, there's a lot of real far fetched shit in it. Okay. Um. I mean, as an, which I, I won't get into, especially I don't like necessity, but um, yeah, l- I, I definitely want to watch it. So how it is like them doing commentary on screen too. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, but I didn't piece it together in that first watch mainly because it's harebrained shit. Where I'm like, what is going on? There's a really good cameo that wasn't ruined for me. In the beginning of the film, so I won't say it here. Hmm. Um, it's. I think we should use like the subway scene for the October, like picture round. Oh yeah, what movie are, is this from? What movie is this? Yeah, costume from. Do we just draw circles? <laughs> we'll just put numbers next to the subway passengers. But oh, anyway, so, all right. Really good. Um, I've been wanting to see it for a while. Just kind of needed time to like. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I remember watching it thinking, one, it's a teen slasher that's kept me interested the whole yeah. time. And like you said, the chase scenes, the energy of the film, uh-huh. is it was I, I didn't even see it coming. I clicked on it randomly one Saturday afternoon. And I yeah, do. I remember yeah. suggesting it to other people. And then I'll be honest, it's a slasher. I always forget about slashers. It's just oh, because wow. it, they don't stick with you like something that's like a more... Uh, you know, messes with your brain a little bit, you know? <laughs> I'm, I mean, I love slashers. Slashers are good. Yeah. This would, I think, do a do good double feature with There's Someone Inside Your House mm. on Netflix. I still have not seen that either. I that one's pretty good I think too. I've seen that one too. I don't. Know. I don't know. I can't tell you. I just things. pulled up the information, and you're just like, "You fucking liar!" liar. <laughs> yeah. I I liked how Jeremy did call you out because Niles, Niles, you fucking. Really don't believe in that. Oh, Niles actually gave it a rating. I thought yeah. you were stopped doing that. 
I rate things. I no. just I haven't been as good as adding movies that I watch because I've been watching. I've been rewatching so many things that I'll be honest. Some of them I'm like, didn't I already add this to my watched? And it's like I don't want to start re- like adding the rewatches because if uh, what's the point? I just want to tell people what I rate things or what yeah. I thought of a movie just in case they're like, oh, well he liked that. Maybe I'll like it. I, I do. Know. I do the rewatches just because it's fun to look at at the end of How the year. How many times you like, watched uh, what Star I, Wars? What did uh, I watch? Uh, <laughs> which month was my biggest movie watching month? Yeah, I mean it's usually okay. it's usually October, but <laughs> yeah, yeah, Andy. I went to Chattanooga Film Festival last month uh, with local filmmaker Doug Wicker. Um, Hey, hey. We know. uh, We went there because, you know, it's like a five hour drive. What what fucks us as St. Louisans coming from the West (laughs) is that time change because it's like we ended up leaving kind of late. That doesn't sound like you or him at all. Yeah. Uh, We left a little late, and we said, you know what? Instead of us, like, driving in the middle of the night to get there early because we can't check into our Airbnb until, like, 3 or 4 or whatever, we decided to um, go early in the morning, or not early in the morning. We decided at night we would... Yeah, we would leave at night and stay at a place right outside of uh, Nashville. And so we stayed at kind of a, not a super sketchy place, but it was a Windham Hotel. So that means the same people that give you Super 8 will will provide you four walls. Rated R. So is it like a Super anyway. 12? Uh, <laughs> uh, I, Bayview? Something like that. I I forget. Anyway, they had free continental breakfast. Fuck it. It was fine. You guys saw that. You're like, yeah, free soup. And we were like literally sleeping for, I think, uh, five hours or something. So it was just like, whatever. As long as we don't get shot at, we're fine. Night soup. Um, Soup. So, night soup. to try to shorten <laughs> this story up, we get to Chattanooga Film Festival. Uh, it was both of our first times. Uh, Doug actually had what happened to the others play last year. <laughs> no, it was all virtual. This is the first time that in real life stuff stuff happened so luckily he it, it was nice because the person that organizes like filmmaker outings is still with Chattanooga Film Festival okay. and he got to do some of the filmmaker stuff this year which was really nice. cool but um, one of the films that I was very in, uh, highly anticipating is a documentary called Satan Wants You and this film premiered at South by Southwest. It's had a couple of other screenings. And uh, I, I knew once it was playing at Chattanooga, I'm like, oh, I want to see this. Because I just recently read the Satanic Panic book edited by Paul Karoop and uh, Kayla Janice. Yeah. It's got a lot of great essays. uh from tons of people that I'm sure you've heard of and some people you haven't and like some Canadians talking about how satanic panic kind of got delayed there but I'm fascinated with that whole era you talk the, about this book on every podcast you know? I think I do I think like, I do if you've been listening 
Andy's been reading this book for a year and a half. Oh, and it, oh, it's done. I I finished it. But he's talked about it for almost a year and a half. Yeah, possessed by the book. Well, I think a lot of it is stemmed from the West Memphis Three because I, as an outcast that listened to tons of Metallica when I was growing up, I kind of looped myself in with those kids, and I could see myself with those in those kids essentially. So. The whole idea of satanic panic, if you're not familiar with it, is based off of fucking lies, right? So what Satan Wants You covers is the Michelle Remembers book. And for those of you that know about satanic panic, you know that is essentially the catalyst for the hysteria. Um, Daycare um, scenario. It gets to the daycare. The book is first because it comes out in 1980, and it's about the subject, Michelle Smith, and her psychiatrist. Her psychiatrist is the one that unlocks these repressed memories. So this sets up the whole thing. And she says, you know, I saw babies sacrificed and this would allow this cult to live longer and all this other shit. So all the uh, SRA, the sacral, it's references like satanic ritual abuse, I think. Um, That all stems from this book. And the reason why is because these two, the psychiatrist and Michelle, would go on talk shows. So they would pop up on Oprah. They would pop up on Geraldo. All these fucking talk shows. So they're always on the television for all these fucking bored at home housewives or... Yeah, just basically housewives because they're really the ones that picked up the pitchforks to go find the Satanists and anybody that's wearing a black shirt and has long hair, you're a Satanist. And then it came to wild allegations that the kids were being told by their parents or the kids would just fucking make up. And the parents would run with those stories and say, oh, yeah, this McMartin daycare that's been running for decades, they do satanic abuse to our children. We found, you know, our kid told us. And because the height was so fucking high, the cops essentially shut it down. And these poor people, their whole reputation is tarnished, and they had to go to court, and, and they were treated employee. like criminals. Not just the owners, but the employees. Yeah, it's it like a witch trial here. situation we it, got it, here. It, it, it modern this witch is trials. The 1980s witch trial. Yeah, yeah. that, no, that is it. exactly what yeah. it is. Only fueled by the gasoline of modern, like mainstream media like talk shows and shit and then you would hear these stories on the news now the reason why i was kind of prepping that up is i feel that there are a few landmarks in the satanic panic hysteria which would last pretty much until the early 90s and michelle remembers it's still around baby don't worry oh it's bad well here's the crazy thing and this is what i'm gonna kind of cue this is what i'm gonna get into when we watch the documentary you kind of look back and you're like how the fuck did this happen like how did these people get brainwashed and scooped up in this like fucking crazy like demonic hype and think that these kids are getting hurt. Well, what are we fucking hearing now? Like, protect the children and all this other stuff. And I'm like, holy shit. So you start to make these modern comparisons to the film. And I think for that, it's, it is it is a really great documentary that lays everything out on the line. Because 
like I said, Michelle remembers is your main catalyst for the whole start of it. Then you have the daycare and then you have the Ricky Casso case, which is talked about in the acid King. That's where I kind of brought that up on the previous podcast. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. apologies about repeating myself, but no, you're fine. Um, there's the acid King and then paradise loss is a good one. Mm. And yeah, I think Satan wants you needs to be in that collection. If you were to do something like this, wouldn't it? So this is a, so this is a that new documentary that came out this year. It's not available yet. That's the shitty thing. It has Canadian distribution and I believe it has us distribution, but they have not announced a date or anything. My assumption is that we will probably get an announcement soon. And unless it's just been announced or something, because do you think it'll get streaming rights? Like maybe Shutter uh, yeah, will pick yeah. it up or something. I have a feeling that it should be. It, it, <laughs> I have a feeling no. it will be on demand streaming somewhere yeah. where you can pay, sure. you know, a price to rent it. Probably by October. Oh, um, cool. But yeah, it's a film called Satan Wants You. It's Canadian uh, film documentary. Uh, highly, highly recommend it. Awesome. awesome. Cool. I, real quick, in terms of, I'm sorry, but like with the Satanism and how prevalent it was the satanic panic that um recently i was watching one of my favorite shows of all time had a segment on it where i was like what was unsolved mystery oh yeah Mm -hmm. Yeah. somebody had gone missing he was from utah okay like oh well he got into playing D and and these people they're like doing sacrifices right rituals Right. Like, I turned the episode off. I was like, no, I, I get mean, them. Robert, you're wrong. It's it's not okay. So let's be honest. I, I, as a child of, let's be my my mother was very protective about these type of things, mm-hmm. and it was mostly because other women in her circle. You know, I went to a private school. I was whatever. I was in Texas. You know, they they'd yeah. freak her out and think and explain to her, oh, you didn't know, but this thing's doing this to your child, and she would be you know naive enough to believe her counterparts. And yeah, I mean. It's sensationalism. It is people stop for car wrecks. People want to see the dark side of things, even if they're the what they consider the purest thing in the world. Everybody likes this shit, and it's very entertaining. And it's definitely a distraction to some of yeah. the real problems. Yeah. And that's, I mean, I'm I'm not trying to get into that right now, but I'm just saying that's exactly yeah, what I meant. Our sister podcast. It's <laughs> like uh, <laughs> where we talk about politics. Yeah, no, I, I mean, I'm fascinated. I mean, there's what's the, one of my favorite X Files episodes. Totally talks about the like oh the satanic yeah trip. like yeah. basically. And um, I, but I will say this at the same time, this is the Beavis and Butthead era. This is yeah. the the '90s shitty kid down the, the street whose parents, you know, he's a latchkey kid and nobody pays attention. Do I think maybe out of spite and anger he went and like stabbed a cat? Probably. Kids were like that. So I'm not saying that that's not something right. I'm just saying like there's probably, you know, real things that did occur that just they just went with it. Right. Yeah. And then, of course, what's the most shocking thing you could say to your parents? Oh, well, Satan. Oh, of course. I mean, that was why the attraction to most of horror is as a direct result to being told I couldn't like things. Well, it's also one of the here's what I'll also say. I, I, I think there's like a fascination with the satanic panic from a guardian standpoint, mainly because in the 70s is when most people started hearing about serial killers. So when you can put 
kind of the scapegoatism like uh, you can put a label on yeah. some evil act of somebody taking somebody's life or like you said earlier most serial killers start with killing pets yeah the fact that now you can blame Satan and yeah, like third all entity. this heavy metal music that causes it and that's the gateway to Satan. Haven't you seen the right like like biblical epic known as trick or treat? You play it backwards so, and Sammy Kerr comes. <laughs> right. So like the idea that Dahmer instead of, you know, basically you know, be given a wood shack where he could, you know, torture animals. His mother's a barbiturate user and heavy alcoholic. You know, those aren't the reasons you could have blamed Satan instead. It's a lot easier to explain to a person who has faith right. that it was Satan and not an actual human error. Yeah. And a lot <laughs> of, the, you know, I mean, just coming out of the 70s, you have the breakdown of the nuclear family, like the post nuclear family. You, melt it down. you have women's lib. You have the housewives going to work and you might have both parents working. So I I, I would love to we make have a, a whole thing full podcast episode for Satanic Panic, but that is not here. Cool. So. Anyways, what I've been watching. What else? <laughs> what, what was your second film? Niles? Second film is uh, Toby Hooper's 1985 film Life Force. Hell yeah. Fuck yeah. Which is, yeah. I think, technically a remake of Space Vampires. Is that no? Nope, not- it's an adaptation. Okay, cool. Cool sounds good. <laughs> Anyways, very. I would assume it's very similar to any of those other movies that are like this. Um, I honestly, whatever. Anyways, I watched it the whole time in the beginning. Have you not seen it before. I have seen it, but oh, this is okay. a rewatch. I bought yeah. it on. Didn't Blu-ray. you see it at Greenhouse at the high point when we showed no, it? I did no, 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 no. You know, okay, I borrowed I it and then I just bought it on Blu-ray and yeah. then I rewatched it and showed it to Ren. And obviously the thing we both agreed on is that is the most beautiful woman I have ever seen in my entire life. My <laughs> wife also agreed that she is a tasty cake. Tasty cake. Uh, but anyways, yeah, so it's basically the, the, the setup is it's a mission to st- stop Haley's Comet from hitting Earth or something. Studying Studies Haley. Yeah, they're, gonna, they're going to Haley's Comet. They're going to meet Haley's Comet. To see what's going on. They're going to get a one-on-one with Haley herself. Right. <laughs> Haley and her comet are there. It's um, <laughs> Haley and the comets. Did you ever listen to them? Is that a thing? No. Oh, okay. <laughs> Anywho, they land on this thing, and it's it's basically the same setup as uh, Alien, where they land on this thing. There, they, There's a ship. There's tubes of people and they decide people tubes. people tubes and this is uh this british team takes back their uh these people and uh, takes them back to earth and yeah. then uh those people uh basically the lady goes around and it's a species situation where <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah yeah right yeah so she not uh, colin robinson's but no no no, <laughs> no sexy <laughs> se- sexy hey, sex <laughs> Life force, yeah. So she, oh, walk, hey, she, hey, she walks around buck naked, steals life force from from poor uh, thirsty boys, <laughs> and uh, can we say thirsty men because these are usually yeah, older they're, men? They are, they're grown of age. Dirty boys, <laughs> dirty thirsty boys. Anyways, so yeah, it, it basically they go around, and then it, it the energy gets drained from them but they also become some form of zombie like creature and they uh, and that just spreads and it yeah, turns it into, explodes yeah yeah so it it's a uh, it's definitely very fun i 
it's not Toby Hooper's best movie. I don't oh, know. I mean, it's not, but that movie fucking rips. It rips. The movie rips. The, I, I think it's nothing wrong with it. Watch. Creature effects are yeah, awesome. Yeah, it's super awesome. Who Parts of it. The I just score? The score was by Goldsmith, wasn't it? I'm convinced that for, like, football or some sport, they were using oh. that score. <laughs> for, like, the bumper ads. Yeah. Like, I... It was on one day that I wasn't watching. I was like, wait, that's the light? Oh, Jesus. It's Harry Mancini. <laughs> Harry Mancini. Okay, okay, yeah. Yeah. I was like, are they using the life force for the NFL? Uh, I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. But, yeah, if you haven't seen it, check it out. It's a, a nice little sci-fi. Well, I also think it's a nice uh, end of the road with Toby Hooper and Cannon. Okay. Yeah. Well, yeah, we won't talk about. Um, it's essentially a main contributor to the fall of canon films. Mm. <laughs> oh, what? Night Terrors? Night Terrors, yeah. Yeah, yeah we don't need it. It wasn't He Man? It was He it's, it was, That's what I always heard. It was He yeah, Man. It was starting as Spider Man, but yeah. No, it was. Well, Toby Hooper was going to do Spider Man. Dude. Everybody was gonna do Spider-Man. I know. I know. I know. That's a whole. See, they start all these. Canon. Canon loved Toby Hooper, and then they threw him away. (laughs) Because Life Force. Life Force was this weird testing ground. Star Wars. Uh, Yeah. Masters of the. I mean, they dumped a lot of money in it into it. And yeah. then they also dumped a lot of money in the masters. Uh, yeah, so not as much because they, both because they yeah, they <laughs> yeah. Whole, this is not I watched that doc. Crazy. I remember talk, I them yeah. talking about like, that. Yeah, there's a whole lot of goofiness. But I do love that they gave like a stupid budget to Toby Hooper to make this film. Yeah, yeah. No, I mm-hmm. think it delivers. It's just a movie out of its time. It's the same way that the thing bombed and. And I'm not saying it's. It is not in the pantheons of that. But it's no, no. Entertaining as shit. Like. Oh yeah, yeah. No, I, I think. Oh, it, here's the question though. What cut did you watch? Because there are two different cuts. I just watched the Screen Factory Blu-ray. I don't remember. Okay. Which version I watched? Both. Oh no, no, no! I watched the uncut. It, it yeah, it was a lot longer. Longer. Yeah. So the uh, international. Yeah. 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 Okay. I think that might have actually been a problem. It did feel like it dragged the on at times. The theatrical cut is better paced, but yeah. I do like the extra shit. Okay. In. Yeah, that would yeah. that was my knock for it. Is there were times that I was like, "All right." I think it provides more scope. Back to the titties or the uh, sucking. Oh wow. Okay. <laughs> so life force. Patrick, what's your second one? Uh, my second one. Uh. We actually went to see Insidious the Red Door. Oh. And so we've been going through the entire series. Yeah. I'd previously only seen the first one, which I I think I think I think it's good. Yeah. And the second one, which I thought was great. Yeah. I for whatever reason, I just never heard anybody say anything about 3 and 4, so I was just like I guess I'll, you know, I just never got interested. And then I've with the new one. I've seen all of them so far. I seen yeah. With, uh, so with the new one coming out, we're like, let's just watch all of them. So yeah. we did like over the course of a couple of weeks, we did. And I gotta say, I'm, I've been pleasantly surprised by each one. Nice. Like three, I was like, this is pretty decent. And I mean, Lee Winnell directs it. So yeah, that's 
first. Yeah, tutorial. and the the fourth one, I can't remember who did it's that one. Adam Robital. Yep. Did the uh, found footage, the taking of Deborah. Robital. Oh, oh okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. So even that one, I didn't know what to expect, and I was like, "This one's actually decent too." And so we were looking forward to the Red Door. And what's interesting about the Red Door? It's actually directed by Patrick, Patrick Wilson. Yes. And interesting. He does Not to be confused with uh, whom. Niles? Patrick Stark? Oh. Uh, Patrick Finch was his name, I think? I guess. Something? He was swearing up and oh, down. Oh, you were that. talking about last name? That Anyways, that says nothing to do. You're <laughs> cut. Does he sing in the movie? I don't think he's... I think he, there is a scene where he's dropping... <laughs> the fact that you have to think about there, it, Well, though. there is a scene where he's dropping uh, Dalton off... To college and he's jamming to Ario Speedway. <laughs> so oh shit! The kids in college. Rips now? Ario, so, baby. Uh, so yeah. So yeah. So this is that's years a, going to the theater after so, the yeah. first. So that's another thing that's pretty cool about this one is it's years later. Okay. Uh, you're seeing like all the effects of what happened from the end of the second movie. Yeah. So if you okay. remember the way the second film ends is. Uh, it's okay. Josh, Patrick Wilson, and <laughs> Dalton. No, oh, it's important. <laughs> but, I, 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 I saw but, it when it came out, and I haven't seen it since. But yeah, you know, but ahead. it basically ends with them getting hypnotized into forgetting the whole thing. Oh, so eternal sunshine. I get it. Because because everything that happened was so traumatic. Because he gets possessed and he starts attacking his son, and but you still. Even though they forgot everything, you still see in this movie that, you know, Dalton, you know, he's grown up going to college. He's has this distrust towards his father uh-huh. and uh, Patrick Wilson and Rose Byrne now divorced because okay. they, you know, couldn't handle it for whatever. And so she's like the only one who remembers everything. But you're still seeing this distrust. He's like taking uh, art classes and he's getting these flashbacks of his dad attacking him. And you just see that effect. And it's it's just really interesting. Like, you know, I know the whole trauma aspect of horror is getting a little played out. But this is like a little different because it's like that second movie. Like, this is the, a series that I would have thought like... Yeah, everything is going to be okay. Like, but it was like, oh, this is actually very realistic. You're seeing like tore the couple apart, tore <laughs> apart the family. Yeah. But yeah, it's cool. It's it, I was surprised of it being kind of a slow burn because they're not remembering everything right away. The any of the ghostly stuff actually takes a while for it to kick in. Uh, huh. So it it was pretty. It's pretty good. I mean, it's nothing. He does a good job behind the camera. It's nothing like groundbreaking, but I was like, yeah, it had some effective scares. It was it was a little lighter on the scares than I thought it would be. Hmm. But did Lee Wanell write this film? Because I know he wrote. I think he did like the story. Yeah, right? there's a story by a credit. Okay. But Just yeah, because it's kind of become his baby. It kind of has. has. Yeah, and I will say that like I know his directed segment. Yeah, the franchise a lot of people didn't like. I want to. I actually want to go through and watch them from the beginning. 
yeah, yeah. we started doing it I, I bought them on Amazon hopefully October nice I yeah I definitely I recommend it the I third it. third one's pretty good try to make uh, see the Red Door Theater because so far I realized Insidious is the only franchise up to now I've seen every install like every modern oh in the theater I've seen in theater oh wow you mean like saw okay. you saw every th- saw no. in theaters okay. no he didn't saw, but you saw all of Insidious in theaters yes okay yeah, yeah keep up the, the tradition in theaters because yeah. In theaters, you know. Yeah. I was like, oh, I haven't seen like, I don't know. Keep the tradition. I like yeah. No, keep, I like keep, traditions. Uh, that's nice. That's yeah. No, I'm I'm into that. Uh, oh, Lee Winnell, his uh, character does make an appearance uh, yeah. in the movie okay. as well. Cool. So, so cool, cool, cool. Also, it has you know three and four prequels. Mm-hmm. Right, right. Like Patrick Wilson had. Oh fuck! So, is there a guide? Here. Should I watch it in a particular order now? Ooh. No. Well, you could do three. I mean, I've one, two, I've, and five. I've seen one and two already. Yeah, Just watch me too. It that's it. Order. Yeah, because there, there's nothing that's other than those. You know, the paranormal investigator Angus, characters sure. being involved. There's not a lot Samson? that connects them. Angus Samson and Lee Yeah. 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 Okay, but. Yeah, pleasantly surprised. I don't think there's nice. I don't think there's a bad insidious movie. <laughs> okay. I mean I, I think some are better than others, of course, sure. but yeah, yeah I've never heard anything about it. three or four other than yeah. just right now. So and then we were talking about it a little bit last night because I've like Andy, I've only seen one and two. I'll be honest, two was good, but I feel like I thought two was really good. Yeah, two's I, I don't awesome. think two's I remember I don't remember anything about yeah. it. So two's a great know. homage to Mario Bava. Some felt like a the, when they're lanterns and stuff, a lot of lanterns. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. It's insane that like James Wan had the whole further. Yeah, 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 yeah. The further when they go. It's yes. like this okay. Blue misty. Only seen it once. It is. Yeah, that's because whenever I I remember introducing the Conjuring because they wanted me to do that for some stupid reason, um, but I was just like at um, fuck, where was it? It was a uh, old Werenberg. Um, Really? Maybe it was at the pair. That sounds right. Like, just like come up before the movie yeah, and talk? And be like, hey, I'm, I do horror stuff, and I hear <laughs> the movie's good, basically. Thanks, Warner like, Brothers. I've never seen this movie. Why do you want me to talk about it? <laughs> but it's funny, now looking back at it, it's like, yeah, it's from a very competent director. You know him as the Saw guy and, like, Insidious. Um Passenger? But that was yeah, now, now, it's a, now it's a whole fucking well, you know. dead silence. What are you guys talking about? Come on, I, I like I like that. I, I do need, too. I need to rewatch it. It's I, fun. Like to, but I I would say there's some Bible influences in that. As I know well. that's why yeah. I want to rewatch yeah. it. Uh, I'll probably pick up the 4K. God damn it. Pick up the no, 4K. A, you can borrow my DVD. It'll be fine. I will pick up the 4K. Watch that DVD <laughs> on your 4K TV. Ah! Mm. He's going to die a little. <laughs> anyway. His two preferences, VHS and 4K. No shit. There is no middle. <laughs> there, there it's is either no shit or amazing. No in between. <sighs> Tapes on his 4K. Yeah. I mean. I bet he will. Isn't that kind of what? Shot on video, 4Ks are like. <laughs> oh, yeah. Don't understand that. I don't get it either. Yeah. Whatever. Jeremy, second, final pick. Oh, my final second pick. 
is the latest and monthly uh, screenings at Arcaden. Mm-hmm. This past Monday, I went to Knife Time, which is a curated selection of Lifetime movies. Well, <laughs> you knew it was coming. You knew it was coming. There are free screenings. Uh, Once I heard this screening series, I'm like, well, <laughs> Jeremy's going to be oh, there. I was like, I'm fucking there. Like, you don't even know. <laughs> uh, so the kickoff to this one, the apparently programmer slash host has been doing this out of her house since started maybe four or five years ago. Wow. Pause during COVID, obviously. Right. So this is the first one in a while. It was 2017's Psycho Wedding Star. <laughs> it is about a young lady who works for her Aunt Daisy as a dressmaker. She has wedding dresses. In fabric? I love in fabric, man. <laughs> oh, That's a good one. Movie That's a good one. Real goofy. Uh, so she is kind of... She's seeing all these people get married in dresses she designed. She can't meet anyone. Her aunt is over-controlling. And she's probably got a few screws loose, as we find out. Okay. Um, and she kind of projects this romantic attachment on the latest groom. His name's Glenn. And she basically, like, after... she's. At their wedding, which nobody notices till like later, they're like, I can't believe it's like a plot of reveal for the characters, and it's like she's already fucking there, guys. Yeah. The fact that they like you don't remember inviting this dressmaker. <laughs> <to their wedding. laughs> uh, um, kind of so important. She the wife. She's like runs into her at the country the rec center country club, and she's like, Oh, we're having this party. Why don't you come over? Oh, Lord. This movie is from Jenna's point of view because she fantasizes, like, daydreams. So she's at this party and the husband comes over and he's like, I want you, don't, he's like, I want to be with you. We will be together. Don't let anyone stop you. And so, but that's all in her head. But she's like, you told me I had to do this for you. So she's like, making it look like he's cheating. Uh, Obviously. He... They try to set her up with his best friend, and she makes it like he assaulted her, mm. and like it is, she is just. And then the body count starts, and it is. She um, murders people. She murders. It's at least. Three, I think it's four people. And do you see any of the murders? Yeah, you see the you see uh, somebody get shot, ah! and then somebody gets stabbed. So you see Jesus. Like stabbing, but you don't see her kill her hand. Um, Heather Morris is Jenna, and she is, I guess she was on Glee? I mean, but she's just this, like, kind of working actress, you know, like, gets regular work. Aren't those all Lifetime actors? Yeah, they are. Like, like, XWP stars. (laughs) Maybe. She goes off the fucking rails for this movie, and, like, I appreciate that actors like are like fuck yeah like i'm gonna go why not in on why not being insane that's cool um i do want to point out the wife's name <laughs> the actress she has a really funny name and i feel bad but it's oh, boy. Of room oh no <laughs> like that's her room? Name. room room yeah <laughs> like it came up it's like fiona room it's like oh my god 
if you are interested in this, it is going to be the third Monday of each month at our Cotton uh, movie start at seven. Free to attend. There's always apparently going to be a in St. Louis. Yeah, in St. Louis. <laughs> uh, right, right next to the heavy anchor. Right next door to the heavy anchor. Yeah. Which you know we had such a great time at the event last night and Thursday. <laughs> Oh, yeah, at trivia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're not recording this in the past. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> All right, the last film that I uh, am going to bring to the table. Uh, this film has multiple different names. It is a Spanish horror film that I watched through the Vinegar Syndrome set, Villages of the Damned, which is uh, three gothic horror Spanish films. Yeah. So I, I, this is part of my, uh, brain tricking mechanism where it's like, Hey, I'm buying new things. How about I crack it open and watch it immediately versus just putting them on shelves and never watching them. So it it was nice because it was a Saturday morning. It was gloomy and we put this uh, film on. I didn't know. I don't know anything about these movies. So that's what I love about some of these vinegar syndrome sets is I've never heard of these films. Mm -hmm. Why haven't I heard of them? Are they just, not that great or was it an availability thing and it's nine out of ten and it wasn't a good movie that's that's really what you've realized right what that you purchased a bad movie no 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 i mean there are definitely some vinegar syndrome movies that some, are that i say it's uh, half and half for you uh, i i would actually <laughs> probably agree with that it's yeah. about half and half and sometimes shoot. Uh, typically with these box sets i think there's at least one really good film and then maybe like a mediocre film and probably a shitty film there's usually at least one film in the bunch that is worth a damn like but, the box set i can get I can get behind because at least you're probably buying one movie that's good in that right. set. Well, I did the Flash uh, halfway the Black Friday pre-order, and that's what this was. Otherwise, I probably would have never bought it. It was just in the bundles. And I'm like, you know what? I want to watch a foreign film. Uh, Spanish horror is something that Nikki's kind of getting into. And it was a Saturday morning. And I'm like, let's watch this. And Spanish or Mexican? <sighs> uh, it is Spanish. Okay. Um, and on the set it is called The Forest of the Wolf okay I thought this was on Shudder because I think the other two films are um, but this one is not unfortunately you can rent it on Amazon again we will link it in the show notes for the Just Watch page what is wrong Lake of the Duck. That's that's the best one in the set. Lake of the Duck. Oh, Lake of the Duck. Oh my yeah. God. I I love. You guys good? All right, all right. So this film is also when you look it up in on uh, Letterbox, it's called the Ansigns Woods. A N C I N E S. Again, we'll have links to everything, but. Uh, the Spanish logo or the Spanish name is El Bosque de Lobo. So I thought essentially it's kind of described as a werewolf film. And I'm like, oh, okay, cool. Uh, I'm down for a fucking, you know, Spanish werewolf film. Who's not? Is Paul Nashi in this thing? No. Okay. Well, I'm still down. Pop in the movie. And what we see, like, 
the the opening scene is very questionable. Um, probably not the best opening scene to watch with Nikki, but uh, it is what it was. It was a whole bunch of kids, dirty kids, watching um, horses do things to each other. Okay. So um, mm. the kid, mm. one of the kids, sabotages the fall. And uh, essentially, this kid falls right in front of the horses and these guys that were farmhands, and they beat him, and they tell him to get the fuck out of here, essentially. So it's something that has traumatized the character, but this is the opening of the film, and we're introduced to this guy named Benito, who is a peddler, um, just kind of a a poor guy that's roaming around town, just kind of roaming. Um, He's not necessarily productive to the community whatsoever. He's just a guy that roams. However, where it gets interesting is... It, there's not a lot of like nighttime shots, but in in a weird way, I feel like he's more affected by the sun because of that. But I, let's just assume it's a full moon, and he has like these blackout moments. Um, so like the day after, he wakes up and he's in the fucking woods, and he's like, "Oh, I guess I'll gather my shit." It was another crazy night. During the night, he becomes murderous. He does not turn into a werewolf. And then you realize, holy shit, this is based on a true story. And what you are getting is a serial killer movie that is based on true events. This is like one of the very first Spanish serial killers. This it, It's wild. But it's under this guise of like, yeah, he just blacks out on a full moon and mm. like kills these people wow. in the wood. All the murders take place in the woods you know they're traveling from point a to point b where maybe he just runs into somebody in the woods and people are murdered but it always happens at the call of the moon so he starts hearing some of the folklore and the legend and about lycanthropes and werewolves and Mm. he's like oh shit i'm a werewolf so if i could uh, sum it all up this is almost like the spanish companion uh in the vein of like george romero's martin yeah you know where martin feels like he is a vampire and he knows it to be true we as an audience member do not know it's a little different with this story. Like we know he's not a vampire. He's using or uh, a werewolf. werewolf. Yeah. We, we feel like he's just kind of using that as an excuse to kind of, you know, address his mental issue. I guess is yeah. one way to say it. Um, but yeah, it is a really good film. Um, I will say, like the acting. I, I think the the biggest takeaway is like the whole involvement in the folklore and the world building of like, you know, where, uh, these urban legends or, or the tales of, you know, the murderous werewolf that comes out at night, you know, once a month, it's, it's almost got this fairy tale aspect to it. And, but it's a dark fairy tale. So in a way it feels like a folk horror film Mm. mixed in with, a werewolf film, but it's disguised as a werewolf film as yeah. a serial killer movie. Very good film. Cool. Uh, the Forest yeah. of the Werewolf. You can. It looks like it's available digitally on Amazon. Okay. It may pop on on Shutter because the other two are. I, I don't know what's going on, but you can buy it on Blu-ray in that box set that Vinegar Syndrome put out called Villages of the Damned. Dun, dun, dun. 
El Bosque de Lobo. The Forest of the Wolf. Lake of the Duck. <laughs> Lake of the Duck. Quack, quack. Ooh. Now I want a fake movie trailer called Lake of the Duck. Oh, I'm going to work on it. Okay. Yeah. All right. We'll work on it. Anyway, so that's what we've been watching. Um, oh, bully. Uh, hey, did you know we're fans of Fangoria? Uh, yeah. We- Can we say we're fangs Fang. of Fangoria? We want to spread the love. You can get 20% off of Fangoria at shop.fangoria.com and put in the code destroy the brain, or you can go to shop.fangoria.com slash destroy the brain com, which is a little confusing, but they have slip cases. You know how I am about my slip cases, gentlemen. Well, these slip cases. Therefore, your volume one or volume two like, slipcases. But it's like you can store your whole package. Mm-hmm. So I'm thinking, I'm thinking the the red ones are the legacy ones, the volume ones, and then the black ones will be volume two. But they're forty five bucks, so I'd like to save a little bit of money. And wouldn't you twenty percent off? That's nine bucks off. Again, use our code destroy the brain. Um, I gotta keep that Wishmaster edition. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's also really cool merch. Look, it spooky season ain't far. It ain't Just far. Saying, we got get we, a beanie, get a hoodie. Plan now. Mm-hmm. Plan now. Get, get your get your attire and, ready for the season. Yeah. Before we get into the movie, Jeremy has the unique opportunity of uh, being at Sundance when this film premiered. So, Jeremy, just tell me, like, what was the situation? How'd you end up at Sundance seeing this film? Uh, my job is now is in communicable diseases, uh, and the um, person hired for the health safety team, who is the head of health and safety, is an old coworker of mine. Uh, actually, <laughs> bartender friend. Oh, really? Nice. Yeah. Oh, wow. Hilarious is, um, and we were kind of in touch. I think twenty twenty one. She's like, oh yeah, you know, like I think she was like, yeah, I'm living in Salt Lake City, not working in public health anymore. Um, doing private, it's interesting. Didn't really hear anything till around this time last year, and she's like, hey, I'm actually like. I work for Sundance and like we're gonna be hired Fuck for yeah. a position. Do you wanna do it? I said, Fuck yeah I do. Slip me in, maybe. Very cool. But I yeah, applied. I was on the COVID compliance team um, for it was they decided to do masking for staff, volunteers, um, press that wasn't on camera talent for like press lines because every almost every screening not everyone, but like it has a pass line of anytime talents there. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was a lot of 14 days in a row. Uh, some days were folded. Was that your first film festival outside of like St. Louis International Film Festival? I did one day at Cinepocalypse when I did Tammy. Oh, that's right. That's but right. That that's right. A screening attending, and I will say, seeing like it all come you know so it's the second one I've worked because I've done uh, box office for St. Louis International yeah 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 Um, and it's a complete obviously completely different role sure okay that I had alright 
So the film, uh, you this so this is your second time seeing it. Yeah, I did see it. Um, I actually I was trying to nail down the date, and I'm not. It's not coming. It's not connecting. Um, okay. It's on Friday the twenty seventh. Okay. Um, so how Sundance works is there's it's ten days of the actual film festival. There's week one, which they call this five days. It was Thursday. This one was Thursday the nineteenth through Monday the twenty third. That is when all the premieres happen. It's when all of the industries there, stars, directors, all that shit. That's yeah. when all the stuff on Main Street's open, the pop-up bars, and experiences, and shit like that. Um, it's the opening weekend. It's the opening weekend. Feel. And then that Tuesday, they all leave. Yep. And they have to bring in infrastructure for this ski resort town, because for the satellites and the link-ups and the lives, like, it doesn't exist. Yeah, they have to put in, like, extra beef towers up and shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. When... And that Monday was when the was it Sunday or Monday is when the online portion of Sundance started. Okay. And I noticed once all the media left town that Tuesday, the Wi-Fi and the condo I was staying like shit the bed. Oh shit! So I was only able to watch like one and a half movies in my condo because I was in one I tethered my phone as a hotspot. Yeah. Oh god, I've been there, brother. It was. I kept forgetting this was a horror. This was like I knew it was a because it was picked up at Sundance by A twenty four, maybe even before it started. Um, but I kept forgetting it was a horror movie because it is. Oh, A twenty four has a new film called Talk to Me. Yeah. Does that sound like to you? Well, it almost sounds like. Wasn't there a? uh, Adam Sandler <laughs> movie called Talk to Me. I, honestly, it just sounds like some form it, of like yeah. indie drama. Yes. Yeah. It's like, yes. Oh, the studio that is also bringing, um, what is it? It's uh, you know past lives. That was their. That was the big A twenty four hit. Right. At Sundance, and you know all what is it, all dirt roads taste of salt. Um, just like a, another it, sure. It was uh, one of the volunteers who managed, like, the press for all of the premieres. She would kind of come in. She was a huge horror fan. She's like, have you seen Talk to Me? This is, like, during week two. I was like, I keep forgetting. <laughs> it's a horror movie because of the fucking title. There's, there was no poster, no. Um, but I saw it that... Uh, I saw it, I think maybe that night or the next day. Okay. Because I was like, oh, it's playing at the theater where I was stationed, which is the Ray, where all the midnight movies premiered. To my knowledge, maybe. Yeah. Patrick and I watched this video that I will definitely put in the show notes. I sent it to you guys. Um, He said it. Yeah. It's 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 the filmmaker's last video uploaded on YouTube, which covers their experience at Sundance, and they they say that it premiered at the Egyptian, which is the iconic theater for Midnight's. That's where Blair Witch Project, you know, premiered. So, to my understanding, yeah, it started. But I know they also have satellite screenings too. 
the midnight movies for the most part. So the Egyptian theater is the marquee you see. If you see Sundance and they show a theater, it's that one because it's okay. Main Street. It is, you know, middle of the down, quote unquote, downtown. Um, and um, it's a 200 seat theater, but I believe they were showing midnight movies like 2021. Okay. It was supposed to happen in person. Those midnight movies were at the library. Right, right. Uh, which is the old Park City High School. It's <laughs> um, crazy. Well, now the that high school, like their theater is like, that's 1200. Okay. Um, so that was a movie theater during it as well. Like, it's crazy. Um, but this year, the Ray, where I was, which is also, I think, the only theater actually owned by the Institute. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of like their home base was the midnight premiere. So, like anything you saw from the Infinity Pool premiere was there. Uh, okay. Where I got all that swag I brought back. Okay. Um, but I don't know about because then they do they show movies multiple times. Like okay. Earth Rebirth premiered there, but I saw it at one of the multiplex. And that's one you really liked. That was my movie of the festival. So I'm really excited to check that out. Yeah. Um. I can get in a little bit into, like, the reaction, because people went fucking insane during this screening. Okay, well, we'll talk about that when we cover the movie. Well, let's get into our main topic. Talk to me. You busy tonight? You want to turn, eh? My mum leaves at nine. So you're at ten. (laughs) Yes! Where'd you get it from, anyway? Apparently it was the hand of someone who could connect with the dead. I heard it was the hand of a Satanist. The other hand's just out there. White people shit, man, I tell you. (laughs) All right, let's do this! You know the drill. Say, talk to me. Talk to me. Talk to Me is in theaters now, so everybody can see it. You didn't have to see it at Sundance, and we'll talk about that reaction from Sundance uh, when we get into it. But this is a film directed by Michael and Danny Philippou. Um, these guys are also known as Raka Raka, and that, when I heard that, <laughs> I was like, oh, shit, I know who these dudes are. Because when I think I heard about it and Jeremy mentioned the film at Sundance and then I heard it got picked up by A24 and they were in a bidding war with Universal, um, I was like, oh, shit, this is probably a film to put on the radar for horror movies this year. And once A24 picked it up, I'm like, oh, fuck yeah, let's go. And then I found out who actually made it because it took a couple of press releases before I'm like, oh, who who made this? And then it all clicked in once I heard Racka Racka. I'm like, oh, fuck, I know exactly who these dudes are. And we tried to get it for the marathon, but it was just too early. Yeah, we talked about that. All and you know what? In a way, I'm kind of glad we didn't because I, I really enjoyed watching this movie with a crowd, even though it's no offense I fucking hate the Esquire. <laughs> their 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 acoustics are awful, but I do like seeing it with that crowd for the most part, except for you know one loud fucker in there. Um, but uh, I wanted to see. I knew this was a crowd movie, 
Well, and that's why I wanted to see it again in theaters. Yeah, well, and also just to kind of get it fresh in your brain, too, right? Well, yes. I didn't want to come on and be like, I kind of remember yeah. like, this happening. <laughs> yeah. You know that blur of 10 days you worked? <laughs> <laughs> I was, the 14 days I worked, I mean, I saw this on day mm. like 10. I don't even remember what fucking day I saw it on. <laughs> I forgot. Yeah, you had to look it up. I forgot I had a job, like a full-time job. <laughs> that you I had to come back to. <laughs> waiting for the bus one morning early and I went I have a job at home right like I have a like I do other things that aren't here right and that's when the drugs kicked in no just kidding (laughs) but yeah apparently I wasn't cool enough to know (laughs) once I found out uh, who was behind this I was just kind of full steam ahead and that's why I tried to book yeah. it on the marathon because it, I also heard it was a crowd film so I was very happy that A24 and I guess Cinema Blend somehow <laughs> tied yeah. in with the press screening we were gonna get uh, thanks to Allied Marketing for uh, allowing us to see this film early as well um so talk to me is the newest film from the company we were just talking about a24 and um it's a story that kind of documents these teenagers in high school it's set in australia so uh, (laughs) this is why esquire was so tough though because like there are some quiet scenes in that movie with the dialogue, and the echo is just awful. Yeah. yeah. Um, but hopefully, you see this projected in a non-cavernous uh, place, and you can pick up everything that's being said. Uh, with that said, essentially, what we have here is the 2023 A24 version of Witchboard <laughs> with with a hand instead of a Ouija board and the uh, the story goes if you you should probably be properly secured to a chair and essentially do a handshake with a ceramic hand that could uh, just be ceramic surrounded by a a dismembered hand we don't know um there's all sorts of stories you may remember from the trailer we just played kind of the myth behind it that's all that's really said in the movie which i really enjoy because i think that makes our imagination run pretty wild but essentially you do a handshake with this you hold the hand and you say okay talk to me and when you say that you're uh what is it jeremy i i let you in and once you say that it's essentially the same thing as touching the planchette and letting that fucker move you're allowing the spirits to communicate and use you physically to communicate or maybe do some fucked up shit you're, you're allowing your body to be used as a vessel, vessel by, by a go. spirit entity they do it for 90 seconds because they feel like if it's any longer they'll want to stay exactly so the whole ritual where they blow the candle out they take your hand away from the which that fucked me up so and we'll get into it I guess when we start talking about the the beats of the story and everything but yeah essentially there's a whole process right and they try to limit it to 90 seconds because if any they don't want to chance it because of course when you're in a warm body you want to stay there forever uh 
So it kind of becomes like this Especially weird. Especially if you're a duck. <laughs> Especially if you're in the duck yeah. uh, by the lake. Fear of the dog. Will you quit quacking about this? <laughs> so it kind of becomes uh, a weird, like, I don't want to say allegory, but it feels like, oh, this is a new drug now, right? And there's a couple of pieces of dialogue, especially by the mother, who very much feels like her kids are on drugs. Well, you, you are like, okay, so... Mia is the main character. Mia is the main who character. Who is still mourning the death of her mother, kind of under, sounds like maybe it was an accidental overdose or something. It's about two years later, you know, she's got her best friend's family, Jaden, and her little brother, Riley, and she's kind of, I mean, she's... It's become a surrogate family yeah, for her. Yes. She's um, ignoring, like, neglecting her dad, to be honest. Mm-hmm. It's understandable. Because of the hardship yeah. they both shared together, and it sounds like there was a little bit of distrust in the way that this was explained to her um, with her mother's passing. Yeah, so uh, her mother, you know, it, it's alluded to that she committed suicide, and... Mia is having a hard time understanding that while neglecting her father, who is just essentially trying to make a connection. Funny, funny that we say trying to make a connection because I think that is a theme of this movie. But anyway, um, so she just kind of runs around with this family and um, they get invited to a party. And that's when this whole should we call it a seance? It's not really. A, it's like a seance possession. It's a party game. It's a, yeah. it's a party or, game. It's or seven, we just say a party game. It's yeah. seven minutes in heaven. They're posting it on Snapchat, and that's when she's like, I want to go do this. Basically, she guilt her friend to going to this party because she's like, well, I want to. 90 seconds in hell. That's actually a 90 game. seconds in hell. <laughs> I mean, uh, it's no different than any other. Uh, this is funny because it's just a teen movie. So it's, you know, the situation with the father doesn't no different than any other teenage girl with their own father. Let's be honest. That's a very common situation. I think also is you're watching kids try to get out of their current experiences. So, yes, it could be looked at as, yeah, they're going to a um, they're going to play with a Ouija board or yeah, they're going to take Molly for the first time or they're trying to change the effects of reality to get out of the current situation and they're in. That's it. And, and look, that just spoilers about that. And that boils down to just having a, a pretty strong story about just being a teenager. Just being a teenager. And if you really break it down, right, like if you take the basics of this movie, in my opinion, it is a modern feeling Nightmare on Elm Street movie where mm. the teenagers are teenagers and you're you are getting used to them as characters and in the environment granted like if you watch nightmare on elm street you might have more of a nostalgic view like oh this is what the 80s was like but i i feel like most people that watch that movie are like oh i like these characters you have this is he the bad boy but he seems okay he might just be overly sexualized with rod right yeah and then and then you have tina who seems like a a good girl but has a bad side because she's with rod and then you know craven pulls the rug out Mm -hmm. on the narrative on that because it turns into psycho right but what i'm getting at is those are strong teenage characters and i feel like that propelled that film to be like this very important and kind of adult 
look yeah. at being a teenager in like the the effects of drugs and all this other shit and like the they're, the, te- uh, they're treating the uh, like I think what you're saying here and it's exactly what I was thinking it's like they're treating the t- the teenagers as adults right. they are the narrators of this the yeah, mother right. is an extra just like the mother in yes and and nightmare which yeah. the mother is played by Miranda Otto the only person most people will know yeah yeah, yeah. that that is what I one thing I really liked about this movie was. Like you're saying, like with Nightmare, mm-hmm. uh, Nancy, Glenn, and Tina, they feel, even though they're a, maybe a little bit older for the time, they feel like teenagers. They seem young, and they have that innocence to them. Right. And I, I got that same exact vibe from this movie, where that it this does feel real. This does feel like, yeah, you know, I, I thought it seems like, you know, if I would have seen this movie at that kind of age like like this is a great sleepover kind of movie if you, you know? would have gone to see this and you're 16 years old yeah i mean that's why i said you know as as i've been saying over the last couple of days with you guys it's you know this has an a24 slapped onto it let's be honest they had nothing to do with this yeah. movie exactly. but because they have the a24 slapped on it it gets a level of scrutiny that i don't think needs to be there i think if you like i i think the joke i made was if you name this fear street the mystic's hand or something like that yeah. this would have been gangbusters for just you know anyone yeah. our age because it's yeah. the best of a teenage movie you can get yeah, like yeah <laughs> they, they, you can't be expecting hereditary or something well, I, like think that. It, like, I think yeah. it properly portrays teenagers and look yeah. we hereditary i so i don't think I, I i brought this up when the trailers came out because you i think asked me when well, who said anything about hereditary no, uh, he mentioned it off. No, oh. I, I'm just saying from a scare level, don't a- expect. A24. Just um, the, the association with it. But you asked me, I think, before posting one of the trailers, like, does this give away too many spoilers? Well, yeah, I just want to be careful. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But what I, with those trailers, and I said it when they were posted, I was like, this has gives away, there's no indication of how fun the movie is in those trailers. It comes across as kind of serious. Yeah, yeah. And... I mean, shit gets real, real fast. But but I also wouldn't call it a f- fun movie. I, I mean, there there are funny moments, but I also oh, feel funny moments. I mean, like fun, like the whole oh, like a roller coaster the, ride. Fun. Yeah, it's yeah, really, yeah, yeah. And I feel like maybe, I don't know if I feel that though. I, I well, will get into like, it. We'll get into when they're you know doing the when everyone's taking turns at the party. Yeah, yeah. Like that okay. is that to me. That segment's really fun. Obviously, yes. things go real south, real. Fast. Well, it's fun. It's fun in like a Rube Goldberg sort of feel. Like you know, all the components are there. You're waiting for each one to fall. So yeah. it, this happens and this happens. I mean, it's fun and going back to Elm Street again. How you you could argue that's not a fun movie, but no, it's a ride. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. So yeah, this um, is similar in that. Well, kind it's of more way. fantasy based. Yeah, yeah, exactly. This one. I think they more spiritual. I think they make light of some of the the, some more serious situations. I also think even during some of the scares, the way that you see these scary elements, I'm not. I'm trying not to spoil, but I'm just saying the way you see these, they're presented almost comically, like 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 Evil Dead, right? Like it's a it's a it's scary, but it's kind of comicky. I kind of got that too, but also like it was probably the only. 
And maybe I was wrong. I was one of, if not the only person in the screening who knew what was going to happen. So, like, I was laughing. So you were kind of silently to myself. I was watching Niles. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But I was laughing silently to myself because I was like, oh. Oh, oh, fuck you, ready? But it it helps to watch those YouTube videos that they've made because seeing the zaniness of where they came from, it's. Now I'm like, ah, I get it. No, yeah, this so makes here's sense. what I'll okay. do just as a preface. Uh, I guess I'm the raka raka enthusiast here. <laughs> so uh, I will give you all a playlist of what to watch. Oh. Like maybe after talk to me. Like, after you go see it. Um, And it will span from, like, their viral shit, their viral videos, to the final video that they've posted. uh, Well, final as of right now, which is them at Sundance. And I think it's a great little playlist to kind of just see the whole breadth of their career. Because that Sundance video alone covers most of their whole career like from starting as kids okay. so it's it's kind of like a nice little behind the scenes documentary in itself um, but anyway no what I really loved about this film was not only did they te- the teenagers were like kind of we were talking at an even level right no we're not looking down at them we're not looking up at them and I know the comparison has been made I'm not trying to like say that I'm making that but the Nightmare on Elm Street comparison's been made and usually it says oh it's Nightmare on Elm Street for the TikTok generation I don't know if I can really buy into that I don't think this this movie's not as like cell phone forward and online as you as it, it has commentary on that which I guess I think if you're extremely commentary. Do, did, did you want to point out what Nikki said I, I will yeah I will when yeah, we I get into good, spoilers good I think um, because I, I feel like those are theories that people might want to hear yeah. after they see the film um, I did actually find the day I saw it and my first Oh god damn it. So you I found something at Home Goods? Friday, January <laughs> uh, Friday, January twenty seventh is when I saw it. So kinda last days of the festival. That was that okay. probably the day I had a talk and they were like, Did you see talk to me? It's like fuck and I was like, Oh yeah. it's playing tonight. Like Go okay. Fucking do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um and I said it's like an urban legend my nephews would ask me about. Yeah. It is. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. That's what it felt like. Well, and I think that's also like for us because look, like, <laughs> we we span from who's the youngest? Patrick. Patrick. He's the baby. I'm the baby. You're the baby. I'm He's the younger third, than me. I'm the 34 year old baby. I'm younger than you. By like a day. person in the By like a day. Like so Patrick's year. Patrick. Is that right? We have two people in their 30s and two people in their 40s. Like 30, barely 39. Yeah. <laughs> We're mostly fine. Well, you're in your fucking 30s. We have yeah. fours in our age. Niles and I. Here, here's the deal. If you've watched uh, any teen horror over the last decade. I, no, I do not think this is for the TikTok era. I do Neither not do see I. anything that is cringy only, about it. There's I only don't. two scenes where they show the phone like, oh, you have to see that. And quite yeah, honestly, you could even get away with those shots just being part of the camera roll. Well, yeah. But one of the main credits I was going to give is the fact that like the subtleness of how they start to let you in on what these kids are into while they're going to parties. Yeah. Like that just randomly, you'll just look over and it's just a glance of somebody looking at a video on their phone and you're seeing what's going on and you're like what the fuck is that person's eyes black yeah and, and it's very subtle nobody talks about it it's just you see it then they then you go back to dialogue it's yeah. just they don't put a lot of emphasis on it but it does start to make you think even like within the first couple like 10 minutes i feel like there's the first yeah. time you see it on somebody's phone 
So yeah. I feel and, like you could have a social media horror universe with this film kicking it off, and like this is just one story of that video Do you a, saw on uh, social media. Chat GPT. We do, <laughs> oh but like oh. we just go down other yeah. rabbit holes. Give away ideas. Oh shit! Sorry, hey, guys. AD twenty four. If you need to go down this route, you want a universe on your own. Let me know. As uh, long as we're not breaking strike rules. What, what were you trying to say, Andy? <laughs> nah, that's why they're in production. I know though. Um, so what, what you're you asking who the youngest is, and oh, you're going somewhere. Well, so what I'm getting at is it, it keeps getting comparisons to. To fucking TikTok, and yeah. I don't use TikTok. I don't think anybody in here. No, uses I don't. TikTok. I don't. Use I just TikTok. think it's a current movie. Yeah. This is yeah. currently what everyone is yeah. like. This is not just. But it's not even necessarily <laughs> social media. I think it's more of this generation, and I think we do it too. We definitely do it. I see it in fucking concerts all the time. We want to document our experiences because mm-hmm. I feel like some people. I. I try not to document as much I, I've never been that guy but every once in a while I'll try to do it and I think it, it's a great memento right yeah. so it's funny how um, when we explore some of the themes of the film because I think there's multiple themes to this whole fucking film it's a huge onion that needs to be peeled and it's going to take some time we don't have all the answers but um what I love about it is like when Mia's in the chair and she's going through her first party I think you're in spoiler territory brother no 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 Um, like trailer stuff yeah this is trailer stuff the first thing and especially what I'm about to say okay so so when that happens and she's going on her first ride essentially yeah yeah yeah. um Everybody just breaks out the phone, and mm-hmm. that shot is a straight-on shot where people are pointing the camera at the actual camera, telling the story, and the the you know the light is on, so they have enough light, and they're not. I don't know if that's like saying they're going live or they're just taking the video, but the fact that they have to document it because they know we've come into a generation now that like feels like documenting everything because especially a post pandemic, even though we're still in it. I mean, the hype is real. I, that, I feel that's like a high the school thing. is a comfort. You want to yeah. hear on Monday about the party on Saturday. Like that is yeah. not, that is, yeah, yeah. you watch uh, 10 things I hate about you. Julia Stiles dances on a table. If every one of those kids in 1990, yeah. whatever had cell phones, they'd be video Julia yeah. Stiles. I mean, acting foolish. When, when we like cell phones, I can do that. When we were teenagers. Yeah. yeah. Sure shit. You watch somebody do yeah, something yeah, stupid yeah. at a yeah. party. When that lady at cinema wasteland was yeah. crushing cans. There's plenty of times. <laughs> <laughs> like events and stuff where I'm like, man, I wish I would have taken some sort of Somebody video. Somebody something real dumb. Yeah. But like, but yeah. like even with concerts, guys, it, what did we do last night? We watched uh, Fright Fest 2019. Well, let's be honest. I'm, what else? I'm glad we got that We're singing karaoke. Patrick's got his camera out. He's videoing us to remember yeah. this silly moment that we were probably drunk and screaming at television. So, like, that's not weird. But we're not the TikTok generation is what no, I'm no, getting no. at. No, no, no. So, no. We but we're doing it for a different purpose, not... Are we? I feel... Yeah, duh. Didn't, you, didn't you post yeah. that yeah. wanting so, other people to see what happened last night? Because it was really funny. Correct. Yeah. That's exactly, exactly. it. Exactly. That is, and that is, it's fun to look back that on. That is not an age okay, thing? Okay, yeah. so I do that shit for the last part. I don't... I, I typically don't post shit that's like, oh, hey, look at all the fun I'm doing. Yeah. 
I I want it for myself. So yeah. the oldest in the room is yelling at everyone else. But oh, that's what's happening. I'm going to take a real morose turn here, and I'm sorry. Oh fuck. Um, sorry, but I'm really I'll, I'm really bad at documenting stuff, and um. I had a friend that died last year, like a year ago, yesterday, and I realized I don't have any pictures of him I took. Yeah. Of all the time I spent with him. Yep. It was, you know, someone I met through work, so it was intense, but like, you know, type tra- trauma bonding type stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. In the like, trenches kind of situation, yeah. It's yeah. one of those, I don't have any pictures of him. I mean, I have now I know. countless memories, but I can't look back on me on <clears> my own, and that really kind of... Well, to piggyback off that, not to, like, make it about me, but, like, I lost my mom four years ago fucking Thursday. Yeah. So, and we never really took a lot of pictures. Yeah. Together. Um, She barely took, she had the same problem I did. I don't like pictures of myself. So, it's, it sucks, though, because, like, I only have a very few pictures. Of, of her or especially her and my dad I have very few pictures it's interesting so basically what we're suggesting is that as we're an older generation we never learned at a young age to document everything to no, post no. everything but to we're, capture we're everything. in that prime when we were teenagers in the 90s and we in the carry early around your digital 2000s. camera with you no but <laughs> you know, right? all like, I'm saying is we were starting to get into that sure, phase I'm just saying, before phones were part of it we just yeah. didn't have the tools at hand yeah I mean, unless you had, like, my stepdad, you know, he he was the type of guy who liked, camera. liked to have a camera out there you go. in the yeah. 90s, and he would take a lot of home movies, and, yeah. and then, just like, easier. recently watched some of them, and I'm like, I'm glad this exists, no, you know? <laughs> isn't that the, the plot of Final Cut with Robin Williams is the fact that basically instead of having- Oh, yeah, he to, restores memories or- To take or, memories from a dead body so that you can literally have a memorial of this person's well, life look, in the best context. I mean, context. fucking Google I mean, Lens? Do you guys remember easy. the Google goggles or whatever no, the fuck I, they were? That episode of Black Mirror. Yeah, yeah. well- <laughs> Anyway, Anyways. All, all, all we're getting at is I, I don't think this is a TikTok generation fucking movie. I really don't. People, you, it's buzzwords for fucking reviews. It's Everyone buzzwords. Is guilty of it from people involved in the film. John Carpenter calling Halloween Kills a slasher movie times 100. So, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, this is the TikTok of every zombie comedy after Shaun of the Dead. It's Shaun of the Dead. Right. It's this movie. Mm-hmm. And it never was. Like, right. Yeah. Right. Anyways, it's just hyperbole. So technically, we can blame A24's marketing for... Vice? Because Vice has the quote of the scariest movie of the decade. Okay. Yeah, and what was the other one? It was like, it sticks with you for... I mean, day. I mean, me. I mean, it, did, it, I mean, like, with I mean, it stuck with me in like a f- fun way. But I mean, it, it, no, it, it wasn't didn't, like a haunting. Yeah, movie, yeah. And, and that's what I got out of that quote was like, oh man, I'm going to be disturbed after no, this movie. No, 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 but I, no. I wasn't. And that, which is fine because it, like, I thought had a, it was going to get under your skin. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. And, and look, I figured it was either going to do that or it would sit with you, or based off the fucking YouTube videos, I thought whenever the demons, spirits, whatever you want to call them, start appearing in the narrative that it was going to get fucking balls to the wall crazy based off of like the Ronald McDonald <laughs> the lightsabers. If you don't know what we're talking about, <laughs> again, it's in the show notes. Click the link. Made a playlist for you. Um, but yeah, I, you know, some of those 
some of those scenes in those videos are pretty fucking intense. The camera work is very chaotic, so I figured that's what was going to happen when we were seeing the spirits or the demons or mm-hmm. whatever you wanted to talk about. And in a way, I will say that maybe I hyped myself up to see that, and I didn't get it. But here's what I will say is I was very pleasantly surprised because I feel like that would have been maybe an easy grab for them. Like they could make that intense. And the scenes that we do see the demons slash I'm just going to call them demons because Fangoria's cover thing says demons. So mm-hmm. that's what I'm going to go with. I mean, but they felt so, when you see the demons, yeah. it's almost like these kind of subliminal sort of shots like they're really quick especially in the scene when we kind of get where Riley's in the bathtub mm-hmm. which is the cover of the new Fangoria oh, wow. and I was I was like fucking pissed I'm like oh man this is spoiling it's not spoiling anything which is why we're not in the spoiler zone yet um, it's so quick in the movie it and you don't really see it but what we do see is these demons look look old Mm -hmm. and I feel like there's something to say with that too Um, but I'm going to stop there Um, I don't want to like spoil it but what I love about this movie is then like obviously you have Mia who now is feeling there's there's a time when her recently deceased mother may or may not have made contact with somebody and is able to talk to her and essentially we don't know if it's really her mom or or not and we're the third thing is it could all be in her head we don't know yet um and then something really tragic happens and we're now put in this battle of again not to echo nightmare on elm street but i feel like there are a lot of um narrative beats that are very similar where now they have to figure out oh well what the hell what's going on how do we get them out we didn't blow out the candle like we didn't do the ritual we didn't correctly. complete it yeah and close the door. I, I really enjoyed the film because in all those procedurals it almost feels like a race against time like you're Mm -hmm. up against the clock and in talk to me i never felt any time pressure whatsoever i did but we can talk about it in the spoiler section okay because it really has to do with it has to do with well well, hold on before we get into it let's give like final thoughts before we get into the spoilers so people have a way out and they know kind of the summary of it if you, if you want to see a, a teen supernatural movie, um, not necessarily. Honestly, you said that Universal almost got this. That yeah. would have done this movie a huge favor. That's all mm. I've got to say. I think this movie will still do well. It's not that I don't think it does well. I just think that people have such a stigma against that label that it. I hear A24. Yes. Yeah, they want like the lighthouse. That's or, what they want. And I'm saying yeah. there's some there's some people maybe it's like the elevated like horror the, the people art, the artsy crowd <laughs> the, the artsy crowd or it's maybe older people that think that too mm. because I think younger don't care they don't give a shit no no yeah they just want to feel something I think it'll do great I'm yeah. just saying 
if you're somebody who's a huge like horror fanatic, you're looking for the next Midsommar or the next Hereditary or something of that oh, nature. Oh, it's not the, the it's next yeah, yeah. Not like big big A twenty four changing your thoughts. Terrifying. You know, like what like, what is going to be the future of horror? It has nothing to do with this movie. Yeah, this movie is just a continuation of uh, high high quality teen thriller movies. Yeah, I, which I is great. Yeah, I, I think this is a great like. I ha- again, I willingly was like, yeah, I want to come on and I want to talk about this. Like, I want to see it again and I want to talk about it. Yeah, like, okay, yeah. And I definitely want to rewatch this. This would be something I would show people. Well, it will be out before Halloween. Yeah. I'm My sure. nephews will be asking me about this movie. Yeah, like they watch enough YouTube and they have friends that talk. You know, the oldest. I'm stoked to watch this so like, at home around mm-hmm. Halloween time. Is, I'll tell you that much. Yeah, yeah it's like, rare we get a teen movie that's not A, a slasher, or B, attached to a franchise. Yeah, yeah, that's the other yeah. thing. It's mm-hmm. not a fucking IP. It's but an here, original here's what I yeah. Here's what I will say. I think I the reason it. why people are talking about it so much in a positive is that maybe we see the potential of franchise like Uh, this is a story i don't don't need it no 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 no. listen to me i don't need it either but i all what i'm saying is the film is so strong that it it could breed that yeah it could do that i i it has that capacity i jeremy i don't know if you don't want it just because this is a tight movie that's you know does not need additional you know, sequels or whatever, but whenever I do see a movie like this or anything that's yeah. completely new, like I, I actually, I do welcome a continuation or a sequels because I'm like, you know, even with Insidious and The Conjuring, mm-hmm. even if they're not all great, I'm like, I think it's cool. I still appreciate I, I a think franchise. I think it's we'll cool. It's cool to have something to look forward to. But like, I also appreciate like, a one-off. I will cause, say because I, I didn't, <laughs> I didn't get to experience that in the yes. end. Well, so like, I'm like, this section, is. I'll go more into why. Yeah. To me, it wouldn't make a sequel wouldn't make sense, or how it has to be different. Yeah, I'm, no. I'm, I'm always pushing for you know. I think that we have, especially as we have a lot of writers and things on strike right now. Um, yeah. I think that you know if we could focus as a society on instead of pumping out numbers for streaming services and actually come up with some quality scripts and and news. I, I, I think that you're right, but I also think that I will always want to see something new. Well, that's what what I'm for sure. You know, so, so like if, if they took this and went a whole other direction or changed the, the, you know, that's right. That's what I'm saying. They're just using it as a cash cow where you beat the horse till, you know, you get it up with salt or spiral. Yeah. No, I mean, that's, that's (laughs) all I'm saying is as long as it's not a rehash. Well, I I think they're going to call it. Look who's talking to me too. (laughs) (laughs) And with that, let's get into spoiler territory. Uh, yeah. <laughs> All right, spoiler zone. Just crossed over into the spoiler zone. So, I just want to put out that Mia, this movie is from Mia's point of view. Correct. And that is For sure. made increasingly obvious at the end of the fucking movie. Right, but right. we'll get there later. But that's why, I don't know if the sequel... It can't work in that way because mm-hmm. uh, spoilers. She's gone somewhere else later. Well, yeah. But, so I mean, wh- 
Where'd the hand go at the uh, end? That, of the no, movie? that that's where the potential is. No, though. no, no, no. no. Yeah, that's where right. that's yeah. where the yeah, that's the where franchise would grow, guys. Uh, well, no, we know where it is because we see who has it. Yeah, at, yeah, at the end. Sure. Yeah, but I don't. We don't have to dance around I, this. We're yeah, in the spoiler zone. I, know, I, know. I hate like. I hate like being like. Here's the very end of the movie. No, 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 no. I I agree. Let Let's try to work chronologically. Yeah. Um. So something w- goes very wrong. Well, number one, I want to I want to get into some of the cinematography of this film because uh, I I will say again why I want to watch it at home or maybe elsewhere. Esquire's fucking projection ain't great, but from what I could tell on the cinematography, you know, even though it was a little dark in the theater, um, it is kind of a relatively dark movie, it seems, but it, it's done in a way where, like, there's not necessarily, like, black corners, like, really dark cor- It's just, like, there's a little bit of light. More importantly, whenever we get to that one scene where we see something in the corner dude that scene holy shit uh, so i am spoiled because seeing this at sundance yeah they check every movie before every screening mm-hmm. they show the beginning of the movie and they choose there so there's always on duty a projectionist yeah and so they do the beginning of the film how does it look you know house lights killed no one's in there you're cleaning the auditorium shit like that i was watching this happen then they go to a really bright scene how does it look they go to a dark scene how does it look perfect calibrate anything they need to they'll do it but yeah and and then you watch it in multiple theaters (laughs) (laughs) so the ray eccles i don't know about i saw this at the park avenue theater which was it's weird because it's located inside the double tree. Oh, wow. Um, so it kind of felt like I was at like a conference. Like, <laughs> that's that's the, how Chattanooga was. Welcome to the quarterly wrap up of, but they still test, like they do yeah. it there. They yeah, do yeah. it at, you know, this local multiplex they take over. They screen check, but obviously sound levels, I don't know. I know a few theaters have Dolby Atmos. Oh, wow. Okay. But when, after the, after Riley gets fucked up, and uh, Mia's walking, and there's that, that happens to the left side of the screen, it was so fucking loud in the theater that me, and I was sitting on the left side of the theater, and then this, at the Esquire, we're all on the opposite end, was so loud and obtrusive, people turned their heads to like... Oh, shit. Yeah, and like I was by one of the exits, so that probably didn't help me too because I was like, "Is something over there?" Like, yeah. what was that? Um, that was, I've never had that experience in a theater where I was like turning my head. Wow. In it. Um, yeah, I mean, I th- this movie played on my specific fear centers, <laughs> so like, I mean, the majority of the scare or scary entities in this film or very like cave witch type uh people okay so oh, yeah yeah that's 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 <laughs> that's, that's, the, that's like the, uh, the like the old hag the old hag is is definitely the uh gonna be the the death well, of me all someday the demon, all the demons are 
older. Not but, all of them, well, but but I would say except you, for her mom. When they're trying to scare you, they use this specific type of look, and that specific type of look scares. I mean, there's obviously the fuck out but of me. All I'm getting at is uh, the the effects on these demons yeah. are really just like a little bit of ooze. Red oh, yeah. tinted mm-hmm. ooze oh, and yeah. then like colored contacts. That's yeah, pretty like, much it. Yeah. Then that goes back to is that what Mia is afraid of? Uh huh. That's what I'm wondering. Is that, like, because because so, Mia's again, fears are are put to test the in only, the whole movie. The only time we see her mom, like, no, not even her mom, no. but you know. We know other people are seeing these spirits. Yes. We don't know yeah. what they look like. No. We only see it from Mia's point of view. It's a perception right. thing. Yeah. Yes. So, right. I, again, I think that, you know, do we trust our narrator to believe that she wasn't just out of her fucking mind when she started seeing her own mother? But technically, didn't Riley see his her mother? Yeah. Right. Right. We yeah. know this. Yeah. So... Yeah. Because but, he and start speaking through right him. through him. And right. so the um, I didn't write down the name of the character of the like Jade's like the guy Jay was seeing that Mia kind of kept creepily saying is like oh he's my ex because we like held hands. Oh okay. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a like, lot about that hand holding. They, they talked a lot about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it made they, yeah. They but he says they know like what we want or what because they because they let them into their heads so right they say, like, right and maybe that's why oh this girl really wants to see her mom and, but and so i believe it but also it's like it gives you what you say, need it gives you what it's, you a, need. it's a demon let's yeah. be honest yeah and it's tempting it's you not honest it's, and it's not it's it's the great liar right like satan is the great liar that's always the deceiver it's, yeah. and i think that's funny because it's like at one point in time you see a little girl and that's something that isn't seen as scary because yeah. it's like it's innocence, it's young death. Yeah. Maybe you assume it's a dead girl, but like well, that's when a we moment. see her, it's only at the hospital too. Right. So, right. so and it's it, it, you were talking about darkness. It's always dark in this movie, other than when they're in the hospital. That's like the only time that you see like natural, like well, not natural, but hospital lighting. But everything else is super dark. And but I always, it, it's dark, but it's not. Like right? it's at night. It's Most like, of it's at night. Yeah. yeah, but it's on that weird like darkness gradient where it's like to imagine when you calibrate your TV for a video game and you it's like make sure the square is just barely yeah. visible. Yeah. It hits that like light spectrum where you can make a shape out like so that scene where yeah. she's in the corner it's like Oh fuck! There is something in that corner because I'm like reading the screen, yeah. yeah. And that lighting scheme makes I'll you do you, that. That's I'll give you, I'll give you guys a little insight on me with those yeah. you know, horror video games. It's like adjust until it's barely visible. I you put, make that shit bright as fuck. No, no, no. It's might as well be daylight. Like, I, um, I, I, I can see through the walls and stuff. Like, that's where I'm at. I, I will say, though, like, I, I I get a little picky when it comes to any sort of ghost movies. Yeah. Because, and, and that's something that this did well, that's something that Ari Aster did well with Hereditary and even some of the Insidious movies. Is it movies a ghost movie? What do you guys well, think? Well, do you think it's a ghost or a possession movie? I mean, this is, I'll, I'll this say, is a possession I'll, Yeah, I mean, I'll say possession, but I'm just, I'll just okay, say when you sorry. see when you see a spirit, 
I, I love that effect when it's like barely visible. Yeah. It's kind of like you're in the character's shoes of, are my eyes playing tricks on me? And then it's like there. And that's what scares well, me. Is like, I yeah. think an audience member can make a mental engagement into a film. Yeah. Not just talking about like, let me see the pretty colors. Let me see how something's framed. But when yeah. you have to use your brain to process something like that, that's an automatic fish hook, right? And that's, yeah. that's how you get tied into these movies. And, and it's fun because... I, I love that kind of thing with audience members, especially when it's like a shot where it's kind of lingering for a while. Yeah. And then the figure's there, and then you just, it takes a while. Same for, thing with like Paranormal Activity. Yeah, or it's, Insidious. And it, and it, yeah, it, or Insidious. And it's, so, it's so fun when it takes a while for the audience to notice it, and then you'll hear just one guy in the theater, oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> you know? <laughs> I think when I was talking about darkness, let me just go back and finish my thought before I even we go too far out of there. So what I meant by darkness is I meant mostly time of day and reference but also this is an Australian movie like I don't know a lot of very dark Australian movies most of them are set very very bright oh, beautiful what are you talking about? hold on like except dark, for like Wolf dark Creek themed no dark like as in dark, it's dark. Australia it's fucking blistering sun no, all right. the time you're right, you're right. I meant I like you. the idea that like, this is Dundee. a nighttime movie most of the time it feels like it was yeah, honestly it, it just doesn't feel like an Australian movie to me well it does is by boomerangs or <sighs> just because we're in a kangaroo for me my well, that's a knife right so <laughs> there I, was assume, a kangaroo. I look at the tropes right this is a suburban neighborhood if you told me this wasn't there's a fucking kangaroo actually in the road. actually what do you mean? actually oh can we talk okay, about that you're kangaroo going to a, so did you want him to be in the bush no i just like, i think i'm used to seeing a little more of a you wanted Sydney Opera House in the back of every <laughs> shot. No, I no, just I don't get it. Can we can we actually what talk? Do you mean? Give me yeah. another Australian movie that takes place in a suburb. So uh, of okay, Australia. If you're, look look in Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Same producers too. Yeah. But yeah. I, I get what you're saying. Most Australian films known in the horror genre, right. especially prior to Babadook. Right. Um, yeah, I, I get they're what you're like saying. They're mainly houses. They're Are mainly you sure? bright. Like I understand that's an Australian movie, but they are that. Where does that take place? They're in like row uh, houses, Australia. Like what? Like a what colonial you, row house. That's what they call of it's Australia. Like, looks like, dude. There's there's <laughs> like, types but of they don't have like that there. Are you just confused that they're in houses? Oh lord! And not like <laughs> and uh, I just assume that's just more spacious. We, uh, we, we, there. we apologize to uh, any Australians listening. <laughs> I apologize any to anyone that's offended, but I don't. Oh god, that was awful. I'm sorry, but I thought that there weren't a lot of. I thought there was more rural areas of Australia. There are. They're in the suburbs. But, like, I don't... So, again, they didn't go to the outback, and so you're confused? No. Like, okay, in Babadook, most of that movie shot, like, in rainy city-type living. So I, that's why I just assumed it wasn't Australia. Okay. Because that's not, like, a normal... But that is not how Australia is portrayed to you as a film-goer. Yes. So you want... You want 
wake in fright and you want no crocodile. you want yeah. hot blistering sun yeah. mad max no i'm yeah. saying i actually always appre- in a fucking bar. i think at the end of the day let's just be honest i'm saying i appreciate it because it's not that way okay. yeah did yeah. you that's what i'm saying you were making okay. it sound like i don't feel like this is an australian movie i want more australia it can be identified by anyone who lives anywhere in the world that has this type good. of situation yeah. where yeah. kids bounce from house Bingo. to house to go to fucking parties. Bingo. Right. Will you just give me the fucking decency to let me finish my fucking Hold thoughts? On. I will say, like, the party, though, that does not feel like an American party. What about it? Did you never go to somebody's house and, like, dude, I got fucking marijuana from my older brother? There. The parents were there. Oh, yeah. I went to all kinds of parties in high school where the mom was serving, like, beers for the kids. Oh, you gotta spend the night. You didn't do that? No, I don't. With think loud? That. No. Well, no. Well, no. no. Spending the night. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, was pretty, look, that, I was probably yeah. pretty lame in high school. I'll be honest I mean, with I you. I mean, their culture's a little different, too. They're sure they're more to close cool. to, like, a New Zealand Not or English. Yeah, yeah, where it's, like, they accept, yeah. you know, certain. That's probably true. But uh, anyway, I do love how the movie does open. Jesus. Yeah. So I, I, that scene with the scene with the kangaroo was pretty interesting, and yeah. I thought that was because they they find a dying kangaroo yeah. in the road. Well, we're in spoilers. Totally. Well, yeah. Knows. So I mean, I know, but um, that was, I don't know. I guess that was kind of a, I don't know. What'd you guys make of that scene? Well. Obviously, it's 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 reflective of Sam's or um, of fucking Mia's relationship with Max, her mm-hmm. father. Yeah, she's avoiding him. Yeah, and they have this you know, altercation where they're like, you know, put it out of its misery. She right. doesn't. They, they come across off. a kangaroo. They come across a roo in the street that is suffering and making noises, which are terribly frightening Mm -hmm. um and they stop and you know the riley the kid the younger essentially brother to mia right like that the like we were talking about earlier surrogate family i'm just gonna call him the brother of mia because that's what it feels like uh says no we have to put it out of its misery right and she's like uh Okay, tries to do it, halts the car, like mm-hmm. was gonna run over it, I guess. Can't do it. She cannot do it. And it's mainly because I I think of the trauma of what happened with her with her mom. Mm-hmm. But she's avoiding what needs to be done. Just like she's avoiding what probably needs to be done with her father and sit down and fucking talk about it. Yeah. Cause, you know, the time that it does happen in the film we find out she wrote a note and that note the way it reads is not what we've been told right Uh, exactly yeah so when her mom is in riley's body she says you know i'm so sorry it wasn't i accidentally or actually no that was in the scene in the bedroom right no 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 so one of the scenes. Let's just say this. I thought it was in the bedroom for a minute when she was standing in the mirror. Um, but maybe I'm wrong. But she was like, no, it was an accident. And then he reads her suicide note and she's like, I'm sorry for the pain that I'm Yeah, because I mean, we already... it's like, oh, fuck. 
that wasn't her. Well, the idea is that, like we said, the demon is just giving her what she needs or what she wants to hear. So then technically she's telling her, hey, what you've been told or what you've been told to believe is true. I'm reiterating that so you can let go of this. But the reality is her father needed to at least share the information he had in his brain. Mm-hmm. And I think maybe he was trying to do it by just even trying to connect with her and maybe it would come out naturally. But, you know, I don't know. I mean, is that something would you want to know? So, for example, uh, not to make light of it, but there are a lot of people in this world that have died tragically from self-induced strangulation by erotic means. Auto erotic. Right. It's so typically what they will do is, I'll be honest, they cover it up. They say this yeah. it was an accidental suicide or it was a attempted suicide. Is it worse to know that that person was trying to sexually gratify themselves and it was an accident or is it better to say they actually killed themselves? So like that's where I think it's like a gray area because it's like what is worse for the mind of somebody, especially a child? Yeah. Uh, but I don't the know. fact that the notes there though. I don't know if I would have shared the note. I don't know waited, if I would have done so the same he thing that he two years to share the That's note. a long right. time. It is a long time, but also, how, so how young? We don't know, like what. But their relationship was non-existent for so, so he, long for two it, years. It was That's almost crazy. like a desperate measure to try to mend. Because this is after Riley is hospitalized. Yes. So there's, he knows the cops have been involved. Right. She is not. She's purposely ignoring her dad. Yeah. Almost the entire runtime, you know, sending yeah. him to voicemail. Yeah. Again, sure, typical teenage behavior in a way, but. Yeah. He knows she's also not dealing. Again, he's she's feeling bad, but at the same time, <clears throat> in a way that people can do, is using, like, well, it's, you know, they say Remembrance Day. Mm-hmm. It's her Remembrance Day, so you have to go to this party with me. Right. You have to let me do what I want. Right. Because I'm mourning. Right. But mm-hmm. she can't mourn in a way that is conducive to anything. Yeah, I mean, like, as I said, if you would have replaced this handshake with, uh, let's be honest, fentanyl, they, it's well, it's we'll a we'll get into that. So, like, the idea is like these, you know, you need an out of body experience to, you know, change your perception of your own existence at this point. And the the point is, she is living in misery, trying to live through a healthy family um, that has supported her, but you know that ends up being what drives this whole narrative once you know riley gets starts to truly hurt himself and then continues to hurt himself and like we were talking about like you're there's no rush there's no time ticking away i'm like what are you talking about that kid's waking up and trying to murder himself every time he wakes up that is the clicking time clock and that's why we're it's so important that they figure out what is going on and if this is real and whatever but i i think you know i just it's one of those things like do we trust the narrative narrator what parts because we see other people involved in this why aren't they having this type of negative interaction why aren't you know we know why riley got fucked they didn't blow the candle out it just happened it took over him and it went sideways because her pain and suffering was so much that the demon decided to feed on her specifically you are the person I've chosen. You are the one I'm going to stick with because you have the real trauma. Everyone else in this group, it was fun to get inside, but man, yeah. I can get you. Yeah, it's, I like that. Addictive behavior. Right. Can, can we talk about that Riley scene real quick? Because yeah, that, so. that was brutal. That was absolutely that, brutal. That was the part that made me uh, the most uncomfortable. So it's funny because like, uh, I, I know I said I wasn't scared, but 
it's tense. Yeah, no, it, it there was, was definitely times when I'm like fucking sitting there. And I'm like, I just do that stupid thing with my chin. I know this is a podcast, so let me explain. I'm like curling my fucking hand under my chin, and that's usually when like, oh, oh shit, what's happening? It's essentially the equivalent of putting my, the hand over my mouth <laughs> when he. Pops that little meaty thanga in his uh, eyelid I, to start. Jesus fucking I, Christ! When popping, I was squealing I was out the eye. Shit, babe. I, I was squealing. I man. outwardly said "fuck" so, in the theater. Fuck and this like, shit. Fuck. That just slamming his head. Because obviously, holy He's got to get shit. the goods. That's when the shit goes off the rail. And at the first screening I went to, five people walked out after that scene. Oh, really? Yeah. That's oh, impressive. Shit. I don't, and I understand, you know, no trailer, no poster. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But because there's a lot of people spit. that just go in blind. Yeah. And yeah. like, I went in blind. I knew it was like, okay, it's a horror movie, but. Do, that's do what I'm saying, though, know, is that so some people will go in and I not know the genre. Paying, so it's 20 bucks. But there like, are those people, you've passes, seen them. You know? And it's like. I'm, the significant other's girlfriends were upset and they were like bye like so yeah it's hard the whole row in front of me left I know which is too bad because it I don't think it gets any grosser than that and then I think five more people left like, oh <laughs> <laughs> Okay, that's but fair. like you know we were talking about Exorcist because this is technically a possession, right? We see this as a possession. I do. Exorcist. What if Exorcist instead of being gross or offensive, they're scratching, they're things of that nature. What if it was something so aggressive like this instead? What if it was like that's? I mean, for something like that, I don't think it would have worked as well. But you know what I'm saying? Like, but, like if they down the line, you know, I know they're making a new Exorcist like that. It seems actually more realistic than what they depicted in The Exorcist. Like, the ah, actual, like, oh. really, truly trying to, like, hurt, like, kill yourself. You know, at least for The Exorcist, I look at that one as it's more blasphemous. That it is, it's like, trying to blasph- take the body of the girl. It, it's self, there's self-mutilation, but it's also, it's like... It's nowhere near like this. Right. Which, is just, which I think this was... Yeah, that's, that's like, you know, seeing how long... They can stay in the body. Yeah, and, maybe and, that's it. But also, I think the way The Exorcist is portrayed is like they're they're trying not to get too gross, gory. Well, and, yeah, it's you back know, then. It's, I mean, I, I meant like but, now. Yeah, yeah. Like, I, I don't know if I would. Would you enjoy seeing something where it was like? I, I mean, just as an Exorcist fan, I don't think I think I would want something that flows with the, the original. Orig- yeah. I don't know if I would, unless we're getting into like Evil Dead territory or something. Yeah, <laughs> you know, and then you have that, right? Yeah, like. Yeah. Uh, but it works for this movie. I love this whole little side yeah. conversation, y'all. <laughs> uh, this is, Andy, this is a fucking it. possession movie. We're it. talking about other possession movies. No, I love yeah, it. It's no, right no. on the tip of yeah, it, right? right. Like, yeah. But that's a fair question, But that's question, what's interesting yeah. about this movie is it's a different type of possession movie. Yeah, and I but and it I, also uh, feels familiar because of, like, the Ouija board yeah, exactly. movies that we've all, well, like, which board, I right? said, you know, I told Jeremy this at least, I said it reminded me a lot of Flatline. The idea that you're stepping into a totally alternate, like, can mental I, state. Can I tell you something? I've never watched Flatliners. Oh. I fucking well, own it. I actually Blu-ray. haven't either. It's, it's good. It's worth it. Like this, doing something that is unknown and potentially dangerous to change the perception in your brain of where you're at and what's going on. And it ends up being not good. Maybe I'll watch it tonight. So by the time this episode. Comes I have out, it on Blu ray. 
No, I got it on Blu-ray. Uh, watch, for, watch, for, it. watch for that letterbox rating. I think it's upstairs. Uh, it's literally below the fucking TV. <laughs> so uh, maybe I'll watch it. But yeah, I only have the Arrow release. Oh, no. Just the $4 oh. Blu-ray, baby. Yeah. Okay. Um, it's already been... I, if I, wanted, I actually wanted to share something from Eli Lachance. Excuse me. Screening. Um, he's a friend. Yeah, I said, "Hey, baby." In the lobby. When he left. Uh, and this is a metaphor for addiction, like for sure. Yeah, but the way he just you know what brought that up to me, and we were just kind of ripping off each other. But I just want to read a paragraph real quick, and we'll go from. Yeah, I would yeah, love I to talk about like separate theories that yeah, everybody has. What I found not so buried under all the supernatural ghosts and demons is a story about horror and isolation of addiction and how the cycle starts with pain and can self-perpetuate by further isolating its victim with shame. The filmmakers waste no time equating the ceramic or embalmed hands power, embalmed hands power with a drug. It all starts with peer pressure and laughs. Users feel a kind of high... Their pupils dilate. Embarrassing behavior ensues. And even after someone gets hurt, users keep finding reasons to go back hoping for answers or just Mm. to make their loneliness go away. Wow. But that magic is gone, and what remains will destroy you. The whole thing has to start with a handshake, like a deal. Still, there are many types of addiction, like the horrors viewed from social media, Mm. requires the users to let them in. Wow, that that's was really good. well written. That's good. He's a uh, that's he that's up on channel thirty one dot com. If anyone wants to read his full review, interesting. But yeah, he's a, he's, a, he's a smart cookie. Yeah, that's good. But that's what I because he was like, oh, it's a handshake, and then I was like, well, they're at a party, and like, there's the peer pressure. Yeah. Would I've ever smoked cigarettes if it wasn't for peer pressure? That's why I said I. Don't I know. Yeah. Uh, would I've ever taken that first drink without peer pressure? I don't. I don't, I don't know. know. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it's not just peer pressure. It is. Were you in the mindset that you needed to feel something different? You know, like it is also on the user's end to be like, I am, my brain is ready for this. That's, that was the thing. Yeah. Like when I had first truly like drink was also my mindset. Yeah. Um, that's, uh, yeah. I mean, it's the addiction can kind of, and even though it is spelled out for, with the dilation. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It's uh, you know who we haven't talked about at all, Ooh. the sister, the best friend, <laughs> and 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 the boyfriend. Okay, so it was driving me insane because I was like, "What is this character's name?" Because I keep hearing like three different names. Haley? No, <sighs> that's the comment. No, Haley. So Haley and Josh are the ones who are throwing the parties. Josh has right. the. Hand. Right. Yeah, yeah. And Haley is cool the guy. one. Yeah, Haley is the the funny one. He is the funny. cool guy. He he's the guy that says white people shit. Yeah, yeah. Her best friend is Jaden. Jay. Jade. They also say Jade. So they say Jay and they say Jade. Oh fuck! They say Jay too. Which? Oh shit! They do. Pet names. It's fine. Is, I get it. No, no, no. And that does make sense. Like I call him Tandy. <sighs> I call him Handy. No, you. I'm Patrick. Oh, you, Patrick. No, that's. It was refreshing because I was like, okay, that makes sense that she has more than one nickname. Like, yeah, yeah. Inorganic, but I was like, what the fuck is her name? Well, like, place it. 
it's also that look let's be honest we can play the dumb americans and just blame the accents no no because it was like well sure but it's like i know i can because of the fucking acoustics at esquire yeah i'm sure that you thank you but it was i was relieved seeing like the cast i was like okay that makes sense she has so many nicknames now yeah um Dude, I I love all the friends in that group, and I I love Haley. Well, Haley because not she's in kind the of a group. shit disturber. Oh yeah, she doesn't well, like actually, Mia you know, at all. here's what I'll say. Uh, I I don't want to be an asshole. I don't know disturber. what her pronoun would be because it never really gets referenced. So we'll say they. They, um, when when they kind of initiate the whole thing and what's great is they have a a moral compass too because when Riley wants to do it they they kind of like say no I don't know about that they're kind of like but then they then they're like okay well if you want to but no, as soon as Jane's like, you're absolutely not going to do it. They're right. like, oh, you're just being a... Then they kind of egg her on. Yeah, so yeah. They, they try to be neutral, but as soon as they hear a no, they're like, oh, well, then you should. Well, I feel like the, uh, her character is played to be unlikable. She is playing a stereotype of a teenage girl who is self-absorbed, always on her phone, always worrying about her boyfriend, where he's at, where they're at. Jade? Jade? Jaden. Yeah. Jayden. We're talking about Haley. Oh, yeah. I, no, Haley. I, I was talking about Jaden. I'm sorry, because okay. I, I the, brought her up and then I was going to continue. Haley essentially plays the bad boy. Yeah, no, of, I know. I'm, I was I was going back to talking about Jaden, and I think that she's basically, like, if you want to say that there's like a, a trope of a TikTok girl. That's her, right? And so she's not likable, and also she's not a good friend. And she's she, not a good sister. Not a good sister. Mia has to go pick up Riley. Correct. Jay was ignoring. Exactly. Her. She's self-absorbed, and and then you see this reversal of her being so attentive to Riley once he becomes injured, or once you know she gives a shit and starts focusing on something else. Um, but I think maybe if she would have identified her best friends needs and wants and maybe been a little bit I think she got tired of her being in her family I mean they comes out later on that she's like you know you're you know you just come here you know whatever you're yeah. not part of our family you're ruining everything well <sighs> well so it's said out of spite too becomes, but yeah it's said out of spite but she quickly becomes a scapegoat for problems. Right. She's the one who's been Because well, here's what's also interesting because yeah, she's had an alleged past where yeah. she messed around with drugs. Marijuana. No, I thought they kind of alluded to She's like a smoke pot once. Yep, that's what she said. Really? Yeah. Oh fuck. Shit, I she thought did some, a, she did a, a pot. Oh, no 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 no. No no no. No no no. Let me. I I fucked up my thought. Essentially, that's all she has had was marijuana, right? But Miranda Otto's character is her name Sue. She just sounds like a typical mom who thinks everybody's having sex and doing drugs every five seconds. Some very funny dialogue. At at first, she's like kind of a cool mom. She's like, "Oh, you're gonna have a party. I don't give a fuck. You know, just be home by a certain point in time." At the house, she's like, "Okay, just don't fucking right." Right. Don't let me know or something, you know, like, right. Well, my daughter's vagina's closed. Well, I'm talking about the the very first scene where she's like, oh, whatever you're going to do. You're sneaking out. Yeah. And then it becomes, you know, she's trying to find a kind of like goat them 
because these two people are coming over with the hand and they're going to do the thing in a more intimate setting. Right. And, and she's like, Oh, what time's the party start? And they're like, it's not a party. And what I do love about that is it isn't a party. It is literally like a slumber party sort of thing where, you're playing with the fucking Ouija board. That's what I love about this movie is it is the 2023 Ouija board film. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I but there is there is so much more to the movie. To with the drug usage we were talking about. That's where you lost me. So with the drug usage, whenever Miranda Otto's character, who I think is named Sue, yeah. uh it mentions like you know you had a problem in the past she said just marijuana but the way her tone comes off is that it is a more hardcore drug that's just, that's no, just, that's just moms fucking moms talk dude yeah. like like that's just a mom but she seems like a cool mom that doesn't mean she, just because she's not doesn't mean her not cool because she doesn't want her kids to do drugs yeah. that is not not cool All like right. that's every fucking mom yeah, ever yeah it's I'm, hey mom, I'm going to the mall. Look, I thought she was one pregnant. What? <laughs> I know what you do like, with the you movies. You want to smoke Jays? Do it at home. Question: My mom asked me growing up. I was, <coughs> I, was I mean, laughing my ass off because we were still yeah. out of left field. No hanky panky. I mean, honestly, I was a pretty good boy. Come, come. I high was point. too, but it was like. You're just a boy, toy. Taxi we're just normal men. Anyway, uh, no, there's. Uh, let's talk about some of the theories of. Okay, okay, so let's break it down. Talk about your theory of the movie. Like, what what is a theory that you want to put out there? What did you take away from the movie? What do you think the movie's about? Uh, about addiction. Uh, yeah. Is is that your sole takeaway? No, but I'm saying. I think there are multiple takeaways. I want to hear everybody's. Uh, the movie like, is one. Mia's point of view. She's an unreliable narrator. Yes. And we know it is because it ends up with her dad being the one who reaches back out for the hand. Because again, when so it is all for her looking for a connection until she is dead. She's being told by this driven addiction, if you will, you have to make things right. You oh, this will make it right. This will and it's not. Right. So she does it to the point where she dies, but it still doesn't end for her in death. And as she's going through the hospital, what she thinks is, you know. Well, it's her nightmare. She's in the nightmare world, if you will. You know, she sees Jane, Riley, and the mom leave. Her dad is walking away from her with his back turned. Yeah. And then all the lights go out. And what does she see? The hand. That was one of even though the rest of the movie didn't really scare me, that was probably the most unsettling part was that was probably the most unsettling point of view I've seen of the afterlife and what it could be right. and the loneliness yeah. of that. That was scary. Well, yeah. I mean, she like, made a deal with the imagine- No, but you're trying to reach out to people. <laughs> Nobody can see you. Nobody can hear you. Well, right. I mean, I think that's what makes, I think that ending is brilliant. And quite honestly, the more time has progressed from seeing the film, uh, I think when I walked out, I'm like, yeah, it's probably a 3.5 for me. 
So I think it's a four. So going off of Patrick, so if a demon possesses somebody, isn't their main goal to take the soul of that person? And in this, maybe this storyline, that person's soul means being put right into the mix with the rest of these poor creatures that are yeah. being seen. So like, you want to mess so with me? Now you got to join me. Yeah, you've you've made a deal. You've yeah. made a handshake deal. Yeah, and now you're mine. I don't. I don't know if that's what. I guess the idea of demon possession. Sure, I don't know. I don't know. I believe in, but again, I, is when Mia is shown what's happening to Riley, is that actually happening, or are they fucking with her? To be like, oh, he's suffering, and it's all your fault. So there's the guilt of it. Is that mm-hmm. actually? So there's two truths. It's either happening, and they allowed her to see it, or they're embellishing it. Correct. That's a good. Um, I, and there I is an right. idea of hell. I think even in the Christian sense that yeah, um, it is not, you know, Dante's Inferno. Fire it is nothing. It can be repetitive. It can be, yeah. Well, no, the idea is like, yeah. Heaven is supposed to be like God's love, so hell is the absence of God. Sure. Love, so yeah. it is like nothing. That that's something I've heard too. Uh, a, a takeaway from biblical stuff is yeah, like, yeah. it's like this loneliness because you're not with God yeah. and you're Correct. in that dark absence. Yeah. But uh, my takeaway, I would say little bit of what Jeremy said, but also I really like Nikki's idea. When she was talking about the way the hand is shaped, which is yeah, so it, as if you're holding a phone. She had a really great outtake or um, theory with it, outlook on the movie that sort of complimented kind of where I was coming from where I think the whole movie's about communication but the way the the hand is shaped um, I kind of took it as a handshake gesture Mm -hmm. right where it's but you can also tell that the hand is extended out and kind of the the fingers are a little curved right almost like you would hold a phone So this was Nikki's and like outlook on it, and she's like, "So everything is about phones in this movie, and not so much on like I'm not trying to again. I'm trying to do the TikTok comparison, but all I'm getting at communication. That's what you're saying. Well, no, 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 no. Not just communication. Is that how phone as a technology has consumed us to a point where it's like mm-hmm. this was just supposed to reach out and have communication with people right on the go and now it's like how we build some of our lives it's how we digest news it's how we digest like comedy and it's entertainment work in some Ev- ways. everything yeah. is done on our phones and we're staring at our phones so much we're not recognizing the real world yeah so there's some commentary i feel on that as well and the fact that this hand is curved in a way it's it's Again, it could initiate the idea of a handshake, which is a communication. I, I could. I think it could it be. It could both. be the f- like an old school, you know, handset phone. Yeah. It could. It could easily be that, and that's also about communication. 
I mean, right away in the movie, like that first scene, like the prevalence of the phones, like at that yeah. party, put the phones away, put your phones away. And right. like everybody, you know, everybody's yeah. ignoring, everybody's still it, filming. And, uh, it's basically yeah. the warning. It's the yeah. warning shot. Like, let's not spend all of our fucking time. Yeah. Cause he's like yelling at them down to stop on goddamn recording. phones. We're missing out what is really happening. Yeah. No, I mean, the, the point of that scene is about the fact that these people are so disconnected from what's really happening. Yes. They're watching somebody kill themselves and they're watching somebody go insane. And instead of trying to intervene and have good communication with another human in real life, they pull out their phones. So, I mean, if you want to, that's the only thing that's, I could take from that. Do I think it's a scene. narrative yeah. on uh, the fact that we use phone? No, I do not think that. I think it's the fact oh, that I we. Think it is. We, I think it's a little bit that of both. we don't communicate with people in real time or yes. identify with people because yeah. of communication through. No, it's a com- yeah, it's a commentary about the lack of communication we have. Yeah. ironically, using a communication tool. The movie has multiple ways of saying it. Yeah. So, like yeah. the phone's there. It's not in the whole movie, but it's there. I, that was one way of presenting it. Yeah, but like... And then I, throughout the movie, there's other ways that I it's, don't think that the being, the, all those phones being out, other... Uh, I just think it shows the desensitization. You got it, baby. One more time. It shows society on that is desensitized against... Watching human trauma happen in real life, and instead they pull out a phone to video like that. That's all it shows me, and I don't think that I don't know any other movie. It, show me a comedy right now. Somebody does something stupid. If there's not all phones out, th- that's just reality now. Yeah. I don't yeah. think they were saying anything. I, I just, I just think, I just, <laughs> I, I just think you. I honestly think this is I, a fucking. If you watch a Jackass, I, I, I disagree because they made it so obvious. It is obvious. Scene. If you watch anything, watch Jackass. Tell me, there's not people on the side videoing that with cameras. That is just what we do as people. But it's never as apparent. Not a, never as you know abrasive. As uh, you could say the obvious metaphor in this film. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like the. The addiction thing is like yes, that's it. Is the one that I think is it is trauma. That's the main thing with, for sure. With yeah. and tr- having trauma, not communicating, not relying on people that you trust to communicate with to find the solutions internally that you need to deal I think with it's the a trauma. Combination. I think that's what I'm saying. It's a combination. And then, or turning, like I movies, said earlier, it's a fucking f- onion and it has multiple layers. Movies. Yeah. Right. yeah. We got <laughs> Yeah, I don't. I don't think it's that deep. I, I think it's 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 trauma that led to an addiction that led to the demise of a group of people. That's what happened. Also, can't say like it's not that deep. And be like, it's about trauma and addiction. Also, the that's mo- a very common theme. Also, that's, uh, no, the but, movie is called "Talk to Me." Yeah. <laughs> so, Again, I thought it was a, a yeah talk to, drama. Why would they say "talk to me"? It's it's obviously about communication. Yeah. I didn't. Did I say that wasn't the case? No, I said the fact that we. Your theory was that we use. Okay, okay. That's the one. Everybody's right. Okay, I got a piss. I got a piss. Clearly, Jesus fucking Christ! Like, 
Fuck. Uh, <laughs> He's talking about with the phone. You see, I think it's it stupid is. to say it's a it's and a so silly thing to say that it's about it. we use technology too much. That is not what this is saying. It, this is saying that we do identify I, with other humans at a level that is decent. Yeah, I do think there <laughs> there can be something gleaned from that phones interfere with right. that. Um, but and I'm I just think I'm just saying they fucking misunderstood. And they thought it was I don't know. I'm just saying showing the phones in the beginning was another way of presenting that. I'm not saying it was about the phones. I'm just no, saying that was yeah. It just shows it was how just a, it was a small way of showing it. Sa- it shows the shallowness getting, of culture. It's, culture. It's, it's yeah, it's just getting I, I it's agree. it's just arguing presenting better. a small part of the There's theme in the beginning. Upset, better roll. Better take out my phone. Right. As yeah. I said, it's not it's not just this movie. You watch any movie that takes place now with something that happens that might be screen worthy. Yeah, they're taking there. Somebody falls. Somebody's fighting with the yeah. next. Some you know that's something people do. Yeah. So I don't think that if they didn't have any phones out, that would be weird, right? They're yeah. teenage kids. Why the fuck wouldn't they have their right. fucking phones and, out? And, and you're so, right. You're right. So, I'm, I'm just saying, presenting that. I personally think that that was just a small part of one of the themes of the movie. Yeah, yeah. Not not saying it's about the phones, no. just no. you know multiple <laughs> multiple layers to the movie. So uh yeah. Not spoiler related, but probably the weirdest thing I found so far in the promotion for talk to me is that um there is a Creator made game inside of Fortnite called Dead Pine Zombie oh, Survival. That's a <laughs> official talk to me crossover happening right now. Really? Oh so, shit, it's happening now? Yeah. Like so, how does that work? Well, later. like last week? No, it's. I, or it's going to be happening. Well, hold on. When's it So, it, it went live, I guess. This, so, this is, I guess, on the 18th is when it went live. Um, and it is. Okay, I got that update. Like. <laughs> Well, you have to update the player anyways, but... Um, what? Is, you <laughs> to play the game, because to get on, you're going to have to do an automatic Well, I, I'm sure I got tons of updates. Yeah. I haven't played anyways, that shit in a minute. I know. Um, I'm horrible. So it's not like the actual game. It is some creator-made game, and they've... So they partnered with this Dead Pines, A24 did, where there are... Um, <laughs> You can get transferred to in Fortnite. I know it's so crazy. Fortnite. Um, this space where it's they have what they call the seance room, so it's supposed to be um, Jaden's like living room, and then they have the hospital, and the hands there, and so you like put the hand, and that's when the zombies come, and you have to oh, kill like, two hundred and fifty zombies, and then you go back to the main map, and there is a giant stack like. 40 foot tall like hand and you have yeah. to shoot the hand and destroy it um it was what was nice is because like i couldn't find anyone to play it's a four player wait but, remember uh, when they made a game and they hadn't seen the it, movie they just took it, the imagery oh, from the- <laughs> is it just a section on a land on the land on the map so it is a it's a custom map like because this is a they can use, i play it by myself yes there will oh, be fuck, at yeah. least one or two other people but there's no mics on it which was nice because sometimes it's like so i don't have to hear like people hear, let's go your eight-year-old kids oh i guess it would be like let's go 
but uh, I played it. It was. Remember when I yelled a lot? That's every time. I don't know. I just thought I was like, okay. That's so we'll leave a link in the show notes. Uh, how long is it supposed to go? Brought for? to you by Fortnite. I have no idea. Yeah, it is not a. Fi- so they do say like, this, this is, is not, not official Fortnite. Epic Games. Oh god. <laughs> but there is like. Artwork. So it's like a hack, kind of. No, no, no. It is. It's a creator. It's, it's like creator. an injunction yeah. to. I mean, yeah. Yeah, they use utilize pieces of this to create a. Yeah, m- like parts, everybody can make a mission. Make a game. Yeah. No, I get on it. On a map in Fortnite. Like, yeah. I played a Friday the Thirteenth knockoff sure. with my nephews. That's awesome. Man, that bummed me out. Uh, yeah. But I'm excited for Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Anywho, okay. Uh. What else we got? Anything else? That's enough. That's enough. Oh, so I just realized that um, this is a double. I'm going to add this to double features with the same titles because there's the Don Cheadle. <laughs> God, that's the one I was referencing. It's like a post 9 11 movie, right? It doesn't. This looks like. Oh, fuck. No, it's a. God damn it. Are you thinking of Remember Me? Maybe or Walk With Me or something. I don't know. Walk to Remember? What to remember? It's remember. technically the 9-11 movie if you think about it. Yeah. Oh. That's one where... Robert Pattinson. Pattinson, oh. yeah. One of the world trade centers. Oh, <laughs> yeah. My goodness. <laughs> Have you done? Remember me? Yeah. Yeah. Mm. yeah. yeah I'm yeah. good. That's like the I'm good. Like, plot good. reveal is like they break Link up. the show notes. <laughs> Nicholas Cage's <laughs> World Trade Center. At <laughs> school, oh. right? September 11th, 2001. Pattinson. <laughs> you know, one of the towers. And then big pullback to show that that's where he's standing. Oh, my goodness. Oof. Yeah. Yeah, you find out what the date and yeah. Wow. <laughs> what a tragic ending. So good times. So uh, so we going out on that song. Talk to me, baby. Oh wow. <laughs> Patrick, I like that. I can't play it on here, so <laughs> Yeah. Talk to me like lovers do. I don't know. That's fine. Ooh. Do mash up. I do love Annie Lennox, man. <laughs> God damn. All right. Yeah, I'll have to figure it out. All right. Where can people find you on the internet? Niles, you're gone forever. I right? mean, my Instagram account is still active. I You're also on that Discord at discord.destroythebrain.com. Yeah, uh, okay. Maybe. It just feels like work. Jesus fucking Christ. It's just another thing I, I gotta it. check. It's yeah. just another thing. Uh, <laughs> Niles Maddox 22 is my handle. Uh, but <laughs> Jesus. Like you your yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Right. F- follow him on Letterboxd. Actually, by this point in time, we will have the Destroy the Brain Letterbox uh, account. Don't oh, nice. No, it's done. It's done. It's already out. Rock on. I got the approval. All right. Oh, wow. Patrick, where can people find you? Instagram, Patrick and Skywalker. I'm also on Letterboxd and on the Discord. Jeremy, can people creep on you? Uh, yeah, for now. Uh, Instagram, joan.stl. Letterboxd, jbonesy. I'm going to have to fiddle with it, but I think I can add members to the 
letterboxd account so okay cool if that's the case then everybody should be linked that'd be really cool all my lifetime movies I watch that. <laughs> that'd be really cool yeah i dig that and, and yeah, at the very awesome. least you know if it gives us a page i'll link it in our support page which is support.destroythebrain.com that's where you can find us on all social media platforms at least as destroy the brain the entity you can find me individually on twitter at treefy t-r-i-e-f-y Uh, I'm sorry, Twitter, Instagram, wherever, Letterboxd. That's where you can find me. And as Destroy the Brain, DTB Horror on Twitter, Destroy the Brain on Instagram. Again, just go to support.destroythebrain.com. Don't forget about that Fango 20% off coupon that we got going on we get the uh coupon code of destroy the brain you can go to shop.fangoria.com and use that coupon code and it will take 20 percent off of whatever you want to buy from the shop of fangoria you buy yourself a hoodie for a spooky season it's coming up uh you can buy yourself those slip cases that we were talking about earlier or do you have a subscription if not, 20% off of that motherfucker. Do it. So again, the coupon code is destroy the brain. That should work. If it doesn't, you can go to shop.fangoria.com slash destroy the brain com. A little weird. <laughs> Hate it, but uh, we've tried to fix it. It's not working. Anyway, uh, hey, thank you guys very much. Please come to Late Night Grindhouse. We're doing a double feature. August 18th and 19th we're going back to class and we're showing class of 1984 followed by essentially the Ramones musical Rock and Roll High School a lot of fun Uh, so you know we might bring you down with class of 1984 but we're going to pick you right back up with the Ramones fuck yes I like that one Uh, that will start at 8pm tickets are $15 and they are on sale right now again join our discord that you can find all this information out i know it's an if it's another app i get it but look we'll drop all this other stuff you can connect with other people in the community especially if you're local in st louis uh it's a lot of fun and we'll drop trailers for movies that should probably be on your radar just join discord.destroythebrain.com thank you guys very much and uh episode 93 will be Skinamarink, a movie that we've been waiting to talk about, I think, for a few months. (laughs) Uh, Some of us probably, I don't know. What's the earliest people saw that movie? I felt like I watched the premiere, like, when it came on streaming. I mean, I watched it, like, that weekend. Shudder. Okay. Uh, That was the weekend I flew out to Utah. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. The closest theater was... In Salt Lake City, playing into I would have had to. Oh, you, you to see it in a theater no. would have been so crazy. I did not get a chance. Yeah, I'm a little mad that I didn't. But like, see like you it. said, like because it played at Galleria, right? It's kind of sucks. Played Galleria. It played a few places. Yeah. Did it play at Ronnie's? It did play at Ronnie's. Fuck. I just feel like oh, well. if we saw that in theaters, like the rest of the fans would be so brutal. Like just because I don't know. 
It's a polarizing film. It is Let's a polarizing be film, which I, I I hope will make a yeah. uh, good podcast episode, it's episode ninety three. Yeah. Uh, hopefully, if all plays right, we'll do it in two weeks. But you know, you know Stop how we do sometimes. And wrap up. Oh God! <laughs> episode ninety three will be Skin of a Rink coming episode soon. Episode ninety four, cleans his basement. Okay. <laughs> all right. All right. All right. It's getting weird down here. Thank you guys very much for listening to the shit show. I appreciate you. Have a good one and go watch a scary movie. Bye-bye. Bye. baby. You just baby. Oh. I was like the ice cream sandwich last night called the big bopper.